What are you What are you laughing about, Josh? What's so funny? I'm laughing about baseball because oh, it's yeah. back. Baseball, very funny. That's what you're laughing about. Baseball is much like Broadway insofar as it is back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they had to cancel a couple baseball games last <laughs> night because the projections weren't working. <laughs> That's true. And definitely not because someone has COVID. I, uh, but no, I, I'm I'm very excited. It was the um, projectionist. The, the projectionist has COVID. The World Baseball Classic is underway. So far, there've been a couple games. There was a very exciting upset. Venezuela beat the Dominican Republic. Nobody mm. was really expecting that. Sure. Mm. And uh, tonight, the USA is well, going to be. Well, congratulations to President of Venezuela Juan Guaido <laughs> <laughs> for the success of his country's baseball team. Uh, tonight, the USA is playing Mexico. I'm really excited about that. So, who's on the U.S. team? Uh, what is that? So the the USA baseball team is comprised of a bunch of major league baseball players. There's actually a couple Mets on the is team. It, is it the all star team or wh- where do we pick this? It's just like Team USA, basically. It's so, strictly it's a bunch of baseball players out in the woods in a cabin chopping wood and a helicopter uh-huh. appears from out of nowhere, comes yeah. back down. They're like, we have to get you back in the game. He's like, right. I'm out of that game. And right. he's actually it's revealed that he's chopping a baseball bat. <laughs> right. Wait, he's it's he, it he chopping. Like instead of holding an axe, he's holding a baseball bat and using yeah, that it just chop shatters wood. wood. It explodes <laughs> underneath him. And he, in this case, is Pete Alonso, first baseman oh, okay. for the New York okay. Mets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it's, it's exciting, like because spring training is underway now. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know the games are back on. Uh, Pix Eleven is airing them sometimes, uh, and SNY is airing some of them. And sure, um, I don't know. It just for me being back in baseball season again. It's just like. I love the fact that mm-hmm. you can watch a game basically every single day. Mm. Um, and the pitch clock changes have made the game already a lot. So, so more I didn't even know what is a pitch I, clock. I used to be a pretty heavy baseball yeah. watcher back in my day. Watch the D backs or something? What was your no, team? No, fuck that. The Arizona <laughs> fucking Diamondbacks? Get no, the fuck not out of here. doing that. <laughs> no. <at> all. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. No, God, okay, I grew no. up with the Padres, and so even it, I'm like the Diamondbacks. You know, with with football at least, like most people are going to split off to like Cowboys or Broncos. Right. Honestly, basketball people tend to lean towards the Suns, even people who are as anti Arizona as I am. Sure. Baseball, there isn't that sort of thing. Like, right. What are we going to root for? Colorado Rockies? Yeah, no. no, <laughs> no of course no. not. The Rockies, poor Rockies. Like, so the Astros, so I guess? Everyone maybe. I knew was like into a different team, mostly based on like where their dad was from or whatever. Oh, sure. At some point, sure. my brother was just a Cubs guy. So I, mm. I became a Cubs guy. 20, 2016 was a I big feel, year for me. I feel like no, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. the Cubs are kind of like the Yankees. They're just one of those teams that they've got the heritage. They've got, you know, a, a truly national fan base. Yeah. But the, um, the Yankees are the Yankees because of meritocracy. Well, and they money. win games. Yeah. Um, well, and money. I mean, it's mostly money. No, it's because money. they work hard. <laughs> <laughs> so many possible worlds, but we got this one. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, the first and only podcast lauding the value of the Protestant work ethic. I'm the worst of all possible Joshes. I'm the worst of all possible AJs. I'm the worst of all possible Brian. Let's go Yankees. Gotta love the Yankees. <laughs> oh my God, no. The stadium is right there. No, I know. I, they can't hear you. Yes, they can and they have. Look, as, as a San Diego boy who had to endure the 98 Yankees decimating the Padres, <laughs> like I, I, no, 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 no. I'm with Josh. I'm a Mets boy. 
play all the oh, way. All those poor priests, they murdered them out on the field. <laughs> it was a massacre. I don't know why they have literal priests on the team. Look, look, Texas has Remember the Alamo, yeah, and San right. Diegans have Remember the Petco. <laughs> it's like one of those heritage things where they have to have at least one priest just to honor oh, the tradition. Yeah. Um, and speaking yeah. of having one priest on the field, uh-huh. this week what? we're talking about The Last of Us. <laughs> Naughty Dog's masterpiece. Part one. Yeah. The Last of Us Part no, One. No, we're not. None of us played The Last of yeah, Us Part One. We played The Last of Us Remastered. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I did watch an entire playthrough of The Last of Us Part One just yeah. in case there was stuff that wasn't there. There's a couple neat little things, but for the most yeah. part, it's the same so thing. So, friends, we are uh, and by friends I mean listeners you're not actually our friends I just you know I say we that we do not have a relationship with you you are not our friends <laughs> some of you are our friends so but that is you, coincidental yeah, quite, quite right. a few of you actually yeah. uh, on Patreon especially we are recording on Sunday this is what we always do it is Sunday afternoon which means that the finale of the TV show yes. season one is not out so we will not be talking about the finale of season one. I will right. make some very, very wrong predictions, as I have been doing throughout this entire season right. of a show that is decidedly mid. Yeah, I mean, and uh, the thing is, too, we're not here to really talk about the TV show. We will no. bring it up in the context of the game. But yeah. our focus here is the game, The Last of Us, mm-hmm. Naughty Dog Entertainment 2013, originally released on the PlayStation 3. Three. We I, originally we wanted to play part one, uh, the re-release, which yeah. was supposed to come out on PC. Like I was going to be able to play it on my at PC the beginning of this month. At but the then of this they month, delayed yeah. it by another like three weeks. So yeah, they they yeah. they they fucked the dog. They blew it. So <laughs> it was a real naughty dog yep. that they had sex with, <laughs> and they had to put it down. So let's let's talk about. <laughs> Uh, That's my favorite no but that we've done so far. (laughs) And the dog is dead. (laughs) And the dog is now dead. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Naughty Dog. Just like those priests in San Diego. (laughs) Who do you think disposed of the bodies? So uh, it was the Naughty Dogs. Uh, Oh, it was Petco. Oh, it was Petco. That's what they do. They throw the bodies into the... Into the fish tanks. Yeah. How do you think those fish get fed? So Naughty Dog... (laughs) Very carefully. Very carefully. (laughs) Naughty Dog was a... uh, Is the prestigious studio behind Crash Bandicoot, Jack and Daxter and the Uncharted series. Yep. And uh, they really made a name for themselves, obviously doing a lot more like kids-based yeah, games. Crash Bandicoot is really interesting. That, right, that started as the Sonic's Ass Project. <laughs> uh, they wanted to... <laughs> the what? The, yeah. It was called Sonic's Ass. The idea was like, well, 3D is coming in, right? We're going to make a platforming game just like Sonic the Hedgehog, right. but where you are behind Sonic. Where ah, his tuchus is. I see. Yeah, so Sonic's ass. Um, and they came up with something that is much slower than a Sonic game uh, and much better designed than any Sonic game. Uh, Crash Bandicoot. Where Oh, wow, uh, you that's, spent, a, that's a hot take. Mm-hmm. And mm. you spent about 80% of the game in a loading screen. Yep. And then you got to I play mean, a level where you died three times, then you're in a loading screen again. In fairness, that's the PlayStation experience, <laughs> yes. is to spend 80% of your time on a loading screen. There, there's a really wonderful moment in Uncharted 4 where you actually play Crash Bandicoot in-game yeah. as Nathan Drake playing Crash Bandicoot, and he gets very upset with how difficult it is to play. And yeah. like, yeah, you revisit those games, it's real It's real tough. Yeah. So, yeah, Jack and Daxter is also kind of an interesting inflection point in terms of experimentation they were they were settled in they were making other crash games they were making the first jack and daxter which is a 
Banjo Kazooie esque. Yes, right. It's a puzzle. It's very, it's very kid friendly. That yeah. first game. Yeah. And then the second game, they're like, "What if it's dark?" Oh, yeah. it, it went the Prince of Persia route, <laughs> yeah. where the first game's like fun and light, and the second game's like, because God of War came out and like completely like revitalized the system for at least in in mm. Prince of Persia's case. But the entire entertainment industry did seem uh, like video game industry did seem to like turn towards the dark. Yeah, we yeah. wanted to During grow time, up. But, yeah, they had to be taken seriously. These were these. This was a, Roger a, a Ebert adult. Roger Ebert was very mean to us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also feel like that's always kind of been the thing with Sony's positioning in yeah. the console marketplace too. They've always been, relatively speaking, more mature, right? Than Nintendo yes, or Sega. Right. That was mm. that was why they called Crash Bandicoot Sonic's ass. It was grown up. It was sure. it was it irreverent. Was, but little, it was like it was yeah. teenager oriented. Sure. That was the idea behind Sony's release of the PlayStation was that they were going to go for sixteen year olds. Right. They were gonna. They had all like the Final Fantasy games from seven mm-hmm. on. Like it was like it was like the more grown up gritty mature console i would also like to encourage our our listeners if you want to find out more about the development of crash bandicoot just google sonic's ass i think you're really (laughs) gonna like what you find then they move on to the uncharted series which is sort of their big blockbuster thing right all of a sudden uncharted one comes out it's like a fun little romp. Well, an Uncharted one, I don't remember. So that was 2007. So it wasn't quite a launch title for PlayStation 3, but there weren't no. a lot of launch titles. We, we were, were kind of past that point of having good launch titles. Also, like the PS3 in general, there were no games for the first for like yeah, it was rough. Yeah, it was like, the same with the PS5. One of the launch titles was like this weird like third party Gundam game that looked like it was made for PS1 and then they forgot about it for 10 years and then they were like, oh, let's put this on a disc. Yeah. We got something to play something yeah. on this console. Um and so but it was it was soon, right? That was within like a year or two of the of the PS3 coming out, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it was. And um, you know, and this was again a studio that was mostly known for like very cartoony games. Like right. even for like mm-hmm. as hardcore as like Jack and Daxter like tried to like go, it was still done in like sort of a very cartoony yeah. way. I Uncharted mean, I, was just I feel like even the people. name of the studio, Naughty Dog, like it, it's yeah, sort it of sounds like, a, like it makes oh, a little wacky, you know. <laughs> I'm a naughty dog. Exactly. Yeah, but the, I mean that's that's what a bandicoot is, right? Yeah. It's a naughty oh, dog. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, being a first party studio within Sony's org and mm-hmm. uh, being in a situation where now the PS3 being a much more powerful console than previous generations, yeah. having additional compute power, additional graphics power. Naughty Dog was like, what if we made something super cinematic that yeah. is also very graphically impressive yes. that yes. hangs its hat on sort of a, a movie like a filmic narrative yeah so a lot of focus at this time is going into lighting effects foliage and faces yeah so you get a lot of games like the the very forgotten western gun that came out that was Mm -hmm. a big like turning point in using uh facial capture all across the board and so this is like look we're getting very successful actors we're working on that it's not a super cinematic game, not like the the sequels are. Right. It it definitely has some pretensions of that, but mostly it's still like cutscenes are this, gameplay is this. Cutscenes right. are this, gameplay is this, but people did really uh, it seems love the foliage of the first uncharted. Yes, yes, yes. It's a terrible game. <laughs> it's it's not it's my favorite. Fucking awful. I feel like yeah. foliage was the style at the time though yes, because it like, was crisis, you, you know, on your belt. Yeah, it was it was foliage, faces, and bloom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, oh, 
oh my <laughs> I, just, I, I, I feel like I'm such a fucking like PC gamer asshole because but but it, it, par- <laughs> the fact that crisis in that whole thing was sort of happening in parallel on the mm-hmm. PC side is those were the big focuses of yeah. what gamers wanted at the time uh, yeah. and by what gamers wanted I mean it's what studios were like hey you want this well yeah because they were just trying to create the feel of an Indiana Jones movie yeah, yeah. right and I don't down to the the imitative music yes yes and i and i don't think they really fully got it in the first uncharted but where things really exploded for them was uncharted 2 uncharted 2 is a genuinely fun game yes even then the the encounters are still too long it still has it has much more robust like stealth elements to it but the moment you're out of stealth you're just shooting 40 guys from now on. Yeah. This is the naughty dog principle of game. <laughs> yes, this is the, it is. the naughty is. dog way. And, you know, they, they do this entirely long set, this very long level. Uh, it's the train level. Yeah. Which is like notoriously one of the best levels in video games. It's very fun. It just keeps building and ratcheting up tension. And yeah. it shows that they're like understanding of how to structure like a very linear game design, but still make it feel like fun and exciting. Yeah, they do a thing that is actually kind of like Sonic, where it's like you're not you, the player are not actually doing a whole lot. But when it works, it yeah. feels fun. You right. feel engaged the whole time. It's not exactly a quick time sequence and it, or a quick. T- <laughs> Now we're back in like the Macintosh from 1996. Oh, quick time missed. Quick time was a big part of the game. Missed. Yeah, yeah just, that? just fucking bookcase. Just looking at my. Wait, are you talking about the prequel to Riven? Yeah, I am, yeah, yeah. Great. Just looking at my quick time impregs of Sonic. Google Sonic impreg for more. Uh, so <laughs> not mpeg, mpreg. Big yes, difference. Very, very different. Big, big, big very difference. different. Yeah, yeah. VLC has trouble with mpregs, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But what they're doing is they're integrating the storytelling and they're integrating the big set pieces with the actual gameplay. Like one of my favorite sequences is one where you're running through a city and a helicopter is shooting down all of the buildings that you are standing in and everything is collapsing behind you. The train is another big point. And also the points where you're in the the, the like flash forward where you're in the wreckage of the train having to crawl up the seats and everything like that. Yeah, it really is having a lot more fun and just throwing a lot of big things that are again not super interactive but right. it doesn't matter because they're pretty cool this is something that also Hideo Kojima is really good at mm-hmm. um, especially mm-hmm. in like Metal Gear Solid 4 yeah some of those things it's a similar kind of feel where you are technically in control you're not actually doing anything but yeah. the storytelling around what's happening is such that you feel invested in the stakes of the moment. And these right. games owe a lot to Kojima, right? And they Absolutely. owe a lot to uh, David Cage. And as they we're going owe to see. a lot to Sam Lake. Unfortunately, <laughs> we got to hand it to him. Gotta Sam Lake him. figured out a way, uh, th- his studio figured out a way to tell a story without interrupting it. Yes. Yeah. You know, they, they still had a lot of cutscenes. God knows. Right. But right. like the idea of you walking around as story is delivered to you, which they didn't totally invent, right? We still had like the audio logs in System Shock right. and Bioshock. Yeah. But this being the character talking, being the monologue that goes through you in Uncharted and in The Last of Us, they don't do the monologue. They don't do the in the head narration. They do walk and talk. Right. Yeah. West Wing, Aaron Sorkin. 
Yeah. Uh, Aaron, but but I mean, again, Aaron Sorkin's The Last of Us, Chapter Three. I mean, that, that's the thing is that they'd immediately die because the clickers would be like they couldn't shut up and the clickers would devour them immediately. Are you kidding? You think Kristen Chenoweth wouldn't take down like 60 of them before oh, she's gone? Oh, my God. Of course she would. She has violence in her. Well, <laughs> Intro to Two explodes. It sells uh, like yeah. gangbusters. Like it wins all these Game of the Year awards. Naughty Dog is suddenly sitting on top of the world. And so what do they do? They're like, well, we've only focused on one game in the past. Let's actually split up. And yeah. let's do two teams simultaneously. We're going to do Uncharted 3 on one team. Yep. And then we're going to do this other IP. So they were looking for yeah. pitches. And for I was going to say IP. this other idea is just Uncharted with zombies. And then I remembered Uncharted has zombies in it. <laughs> 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 because uh, the storytelling always goes off the rails by the end of the game. We get these two programmers, this guy, Bruce Straley, and we get this 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 young up and comer named Neil Druckmann. Mm. I've heard of him. Who you may know as the co-creator of The Last of Us TV show and writer and director oh, of some of the episodes oh. of The it's Last of Us TV show. interesting. He has the same name as the first guy who went on the moon. Neil, yeah. Druck- Neil yeah. Druckmann. Neil Druckmann, yeah. yeah. What? Is this the conspiracy you want to start for this podcast? I'm not Neil starting the conspiracy. I'm just the first man on the moon. Well, it's not. we're not saying that Neil Druckmann, the developer of The Last of Us, was the first man on the moon. We're, it's just... He just happens to have the same name as Neil Druckmann. And the same face. The first guy who was on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, um... (laughs) So, the spore... AJ, it's getting a little dark in here. Could you turn up my gas light? (laughs) My husband will be home anytime. Uh, So, the spore of this idea was born... Uh Uh, yeah. From a college project that Car- that Druckmann was working on at Carnegie Mellon uh, oh. for his professor, a fellow named George Romero. Oh, oh that George Romero. He didn't even work on Spore. <laughs> <laughs> Which would combine, uh, quote, the ga- um, a game would feature that would feature gameplay of the PlayStation 2 classic Eco, uh, a lead character much like oh, okay. John H- Hartigan from Sin City and would be set during a zombie apocalypse of Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Druckmann then interns at Naughty Dog. He started as an intern and then became co-president, which is wow. quite a trajectory wow. for one to like. And it take can happen company. to you, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listeners. Through hard work. <laughs> <laughs> and for throwing your friend under the bus. So, yes. Uh, so Straley, who is the, the co-developer of The Last of Us, is not credited on the TV show at all. No. And nor is he credited in The Last of Us Part Two. No, because he didn't work on The Last of Us Part Two. He right. he left the industry signing burnout. But mm. uh, he, you know, he then came out when The Last of Us TV show came out and said video games need a union because all of the work that he did, he's he, not he contractually owed yeah. anything. He has no entitlement it. to it. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, yes, unionized the video game industry a uh, fucking yesterday. Um, <laughs> but their original pitch was a thing called Mankind, which was a, a reverse Why the Last Man, where the Cordyceps fungus, which is the thing they came up yeah. with because they were watching planet Earth. And look, I'm not saying they were high when they were watching planet Earth, but they were watching planet Earth. So it's yeah. not a zero sum yeah. chance. Sure. Yeah. But they see how the Cordyceps fungus uh, possesses ants minds and it, it has the ability to like go inside there and like make them act outside of their own will. Oh, like, right. The ants get super aggro. Right. Yeah. They, so what would happen if this transferred to humans? And that yeah. was a very scary thing for them. And in the original original pitch for mankind, it was about this fungus, but it only affected women. So yeah. all the women on the planet uh, 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 died uh, uh, off. Uh, 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 
except for one who was immune, this little girl, Ellie. Oh. Uh, and uh, this older guy would oh, then take dear. her uh, across the country in order to uh, uh-huh. get a get a vaccine. And he so pitched j- this in the meeting, and every everyone female booed. employee <laughs> yeah. and Naughty Dog went, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> that was so. That was Neil being like, "Hey, wouldn't this be cool?" Yeah, well, I, honestly, it seems to me like it wasn't even because it was two dudes doing this. It wasn't a thought that even occurred to him. Yeah. And he has later gone on to say that it was a misogynistic idea. Yeah. So he is a guy who does learn from his mistakes. Which Neil, nice. Neil Druckmann said that. Yes, or? he did. Yeah. He oh, okay. said it was misogynistic. If yeah. there's one thing to say about mankind, mm-hmm. there's nothing kind about man. Mm. Mm. You know what? If if that weren't like the depths that Neil Druckmann made for the rest of this game, I, I'd I'd fault you. But that's about yeah, yeah. man. Man's not too good. Yeah, <laughs> turns out man might be bad. Actually, society we live in one. Of we those. sure yeah. do. The, the song that Tom Waits wrote for that Voidsec adaptation uh, kind of hits close to home with this game. Yeah. Um, so the idea of taking cordyceps means that they basically get to do a zombie story. While violently resisting the concept that this is about zombies in any way. Yeah. Which uh, is so fucking strange. Oh, it's because irritating. It's, yeah. it's just, it's just genre, dude. Like, it's just a genre piece. You don't need yeah. to pretend it's, that it's, it's not. It's, it's 2013. Everything is zombies right, right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which Walking is, Dead is like, what, the most popular show on TV yeah. at this point? Like, right. it ends now. up running until what, like last year. Like, yeah. Yeah, That's the huge. reason that HBO was able to start doing The Last of Us was we needed another zombie show. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well mean, uh, I, I mean, Game uh, of Thrones had ice zombies. That's true. Game of Thrones had zombies. Um, Walking Dead was AMC. Um, right, no, I know, but that's oh, what I'm saying. Sure. Like, it was HBO's opportunity to get into the lane that sure, AMC sure. had left. Yeah. And, you know, we had Shaun of the Dead. We had George uh, Romero's last movies. Yeah. Not John Romero, George Romero, the original zombie guy. And and he's worth talking about for a moment because the history of the zombie is an interesting one, right? Mm. Because with zombies, the original definition of what a zombie is, is related to, like, hoodoo, right? It's, right. It's one person under the thrall of somebody else in whatever form that that takes. Sometimes sure. that's like a golem. Um, and sometimes it is a voodoo story. Sometimes it is the German expressionist silent film classic, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Right. Right. It was it was a potent concept. There's just a dude who's out there killing people, doesn't know that he's doing it. Right. Uh, there's also White Zombie with Bela Lugosi. Yeah. But once we get past World War II and we find ourselves in the atomic age, we start to scientize it. Sure, sure. Scientificalization of that uh-huh. concept. Well, because everything yeah. needs a naturalistic explanation. Yeah. And, and also, you know, we've now seen the horrors of the atomic age. We've seen yeah. what can happen to people. When they're exposed to, say, a yeah. tremendous amount of radiation because the United States decided to commit unspeakable war crimes to Japan, you know, yeah. th- things like that. Yeah. yeah. And we see what like the effects of that are. There's also a really important point, because in 1954, Richard Matheson writes his novel, I Am Legend. Yes. Where he medicalizes the concept of vampirism. Mm-hmm. So I Am Legend Unlike the Will Smith movie, don't hit me, Will Smith. It is Oscar night. It is Oscar night. Joke about Will Smith hitting somebody. Who are you, Chris Rock? That's I am. No, you haven't made a GI Jane joke yet. So how can I know you're Chris Rock? Yeah, but you know it's coming. You know me. Oh my God, you 
You, you, oh wow! If you've called your shot, and at the end of this, you end it with a GI Jane joke. <laughs> I I'm not you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow this. I'm In not Babe Ruth. Pocket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, it's important to to note I am Legend because. In the story of I Am Legend, we find ourselves in what looks like a zombie apocalypse. It's just that it's vampires sure, in, right. in the original Matheson novel. Yeah. Um, and you have a main character who is the lone stalwart against the world of vampires. But there is a difference because vampires are fully sentient. And yes. what ends up happening is that it's it's a classic Richard Matheson reversal of context where it's like, well, in a world where everyone's a vampire and there's just one guy going out there and driving stakes through their hearts during the day. Right. That guy's the monster now. Yeah. Uh, much more sophisticated story than what you get with Will Smith. Don't hit me. Why do we? Why is he here? <laughs> yeah, that's why. Weird. Why did you invite him over? I so was going to invite him. His movies. I, he just walked in. <laughs> you have to invite Will Smith because <laughs> <laughs> he's a vampire. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Pull it out. No, no. <laughs> and so we start to see like this same thing happens with the concept of the zombie, right? If, if a vampire, which is often itself a very solitary kind of enemy, can become this like germ based swarm, maybe the zombie can as well. And, sure. the, and no better example of that than Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Which then uses its zombie story somewhat accidentally to be a piece of social commentary. Yes. Right. Because George Romero uh, was a Pittsburgh filmmaker. It is a Pittsburgh movie with Pittsburgh actors. One of the best actors he knew was a black man. Yeah. Playing the lead role. And then at the end of the movie, as the the military goes in, sweeps and kills the zombies, yeah. he comes out of the trap door in the house and he is shot on sight before even getting the chance to say, hey, no, I'm a civilian, right? Right. And who is that actor? Dwayne Jones was okay. his name. Not a, not a big name. Oh, he, so he, he, really, didn't, he didn't end up doing anything else after that? Really, he or? did some other thing. He actually kind of had a little bit of a moment during the exploitation era. He was oh, in okay. Ganja and Hess, which is a, a classic of that genre. But mm. he, he was never a big Not a household star. name, obviously. No, yeah. I mean, he really was like He's this great Pittsburgh in that guy. movie, though. Mm. He, yeah. he is, he is oh, tremendously good at all it. All the actors are fantastic in Night of Living Dead. It's, yeah. it's, it's great performances all around. Um, George Romero was working in like local TV which is how he also was working on some of the original versions of Mr. Rogers' TV show. Oh, <laughs> when another he was still a local, classic, yeah, yeah, a local. Uh, yeah. And Romero then sort of runs with this idea of using the zombie for um, social commentary, right? Dawn of the Dead. I almost said Day of the Dead. That's, a, that's the next movie. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead is about a bunch of zombies walking through a shopping mall. Yeah. I wonder you... if there's a point there. Oh, yeah. I wonder. Huh. Yeah. yeah, and I wonder if I wonder if conservatives will completely misinterpret that movie <laughs> for like forty years. But Druckmann, in terms of his ideology and what he thinks about humanity, he's just like it doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. We're all diseased, horrible sure, sure. life forms who deserve every bad thing that happens to us. Now, as negative as that sounds, I actually do really like a lot of this game. Yeah. But there's something at the core of Druckmann's ideology. And what he brings to this storytelling that is just so counterintuitive to my own understanding of the world yeah. that I, I feel myself always at a distance well, from The Last of Us. And I guess this is a question that I have here, right? Because we've got the background now of zombie movies, yeah. the Romero stuff and, you know, the subsequent genre pieces. 28 Days Later. Right. And you yeah. start and you see a lot of the exact same beats play out where like 28 Days Later also ends with the military right. coming right. in and all of that. Yeah. So yeah. we've got that. But I think with a movie like 28 Days Later or uh, the Romero movies, like 
there is still a point about the potential of humanity in spite of all of the darkness, whereas Last of Us, it is, it's so bleak, it's so grim. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, how how does how do you get from point A to point B there in terms of the narrative, in terms of the themes? I mean, we'll we'll talk about this as we dig into the game itself. I just think it's an interesting thing to sort of keep in the backs of our heads. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, so Neil Druckmann grew up in Israel and is a big follower of Israeli politics. Uh-huh. Which are going great right now. Yeah, which are going super, super yeah. fine. Only, only democracy in the Middle East. And once you start looking at these games sort of through through the that particular lens, a yeah. lot of stuff starts coming so, more into focus. But that's yeah. why. So he's Jewish? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's wild because, like, I would have thought that he was like a Calvinist. It's the fucking, no, the fucking total yeah. depravity of it all, right? Yeah, well, uh, Zionism may have just reinvented Calvinism <laughs> for Jewish people. Uh, it's yeah, like, no, it's, it is sort of relentlessly bleak. And I actually think that this, because this is now, it is no longer The Last of Us. It is now yeah. The Last of Us Part 1. Right. And yes. which means it will forever be in com- conversation with The Last of Us Part 2, which neither of you two have played. Correct. Right. But I have played. It's going to be bothering AJ this whole time because gonna he's be, going to be gonna connecting be, it my, to this other thing that we cannot connect it my to. My bones yeah. will be leaping out of my skin. But I feel like still in this first version in The Last of Us remastered just the part one, he's able to keep a lot of the like the truly dire shit out of it. He his his main thesis for the second game is that obviously revenge is bad. Did you know when you do revenge, you dig two graves? Oh, Um, is that is that for the two people you take revenge out on? And they're both dead. Yeah, they're both dead now. (laughs) They're holding the shovel. But also that it doesn't matter if you try and escape revenge. You as a human are so terrible that you're all always going to seek it okay thomas kid right right what is this the spanish tragedy by thomas kid <laughs> that wanna, joke is a spanish tragedy in the, the 1578 uh, seminal work of english theater absolutely yeah so speaking of spanish <laughs> they did study a lot of the spanish flu in the oh, 1918s sure. oh, yeah in yeah. order to get some inspiration for this and how people would react in sort of a time of uh, the end of the world, but huh. that's I wonder what not that's where, like. That's not where the game starts, though, no. right? Mm-mm. The game we start in a little prologue. Uh, we're in Austin, Texas. Uh, Joel mm. has just come home from Before a long day. Tech ruined it. That is, yeah. The rule. The yeah. year. The year is 2013. <laughs> Boy, oh boy. Before Elon, yeah. before Elon Musk ruined That's it. That's true. Yeah, they're keeping it weird. It's they, still weird. It is weird. still in this, in very weird. weird. Not yeah. in this household, though. This is a very conservative this sort household of is normal. gun-toting yeah. household. Uh, Joel our, Joel Miller, our protagonist, uh, has come home from a long day of contracting. and <laughs> at, at the mill. At the mill. <laughs> it turns out it's his birthday, and his daughter, uh, Sarah, yeah. just a, a very cute little rug-a-bug, uh, has bought him a new watch. Yeah, good for her. This is... A David Cage scene. Yes. This is 100% like here you have the divorced dad or widower or whatever. But while you are the kid, you are walking around the house, you are interacting with things and having thoughts. Now, if it was a David Cage game, you could press X to dad, which unfortunately you can't. (laughs) Yeah, there's no like. um, There's no timed minigame where you have to dad the best. You have to put a ribbon around the watch box (laughs) and then you keep fucking it up. Keep failing it up so you just make them kiss over and over again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. And uh, the daughter doesn't have a strange Canadian French accent. <laughs> well, again, everything in this game feels very lived in. And this yeah. actually goes to a lot of like what I where I think Druckmann is most successful is as a director of the mocap scenes. Yes. He 
writes dialogue and then in all I watched uh, they did a documentary about The Last of Us called Grounded which you can watch on YouTube its entirety Sony released it as sort of like a behind the scenes of like you know mm. the greatest game story ever told or whatever yeah. and uh, you know you get to talk to Troy Baker you hear see Ashley Johnson all talking about yeah. their time behind the scenes and it, what happened is it takes a lot of time out of his day because you actually get to talk to Troy Baker yeah you yourself yeah yeah, yeah yeah no no he's actually set up a whole bunch of NFTs yeah. that you can then buy and then he'll just say whatever you want uh, to Troy Baker, great actor, terrible opinions on NFTs. <laughs> um, you know who else does that shit? Mm. Matthew Lillard. I no! found that. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I was Sterling Renaissance Festival's own Matthew Lillard. I was talking with Maya again. No. And I was like, you know what? Turns out Matthew Lillard's really into the NFTs. Oh. It's like, can, oh. can we fix him? That's the do you, question. Do you know who isn't into NFTs? Who? Richard Karn. That's right. Yeah, our special sure boy. Isn't. He is a landlord. Uh, he is. <laughs> he is, in fact, more like Richard, Richard Tarn. Because eh. of Tar. Because of yeah. Tar. He's, he's, the, he's the composer, <laughs> Lydia Tar. Um, so anyway, uh, you get uh, this watch is Joel. It's a brand new yeah. watch. It's an NFT It's a nice watch. little bonding <laughs> yeah. scene. But Druckmann would um, allow an incredible amount of improvisation. Uh, while oh, while doing these mocap scenes, he's like, uh, "Do this scene at the table read," and it's like, "Okay, now make it like, like make it your own, like make it believable." Yeah, and I think he actually does owe a lot of like how grounded this game is in the actors that he got yes. for it. Yes. And it's interesting, like to 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 look at Naughty Dog's games from this period and to see how relatively quickly they're made because they're pretty much just using the same engine right. from right. game to game. Right, right. Like this game is not too dissimilar from uncharted except mm -hmm. you don't climb as much like no. you can't you can't climb anything besides like ladders yeah and you have a, a very rudimentary like crafting and upgrading system but it yes. helps of course that these games are are completely linear right yes. this is not this is not a rock star situation where you've got this open world with a lot of moving parts. nor is it no. a naughty dog situation years later because sure. yeah. uh, last of us 2 does not have this sort of brisk schedule to it but like right. mm -mm. uncharted 1 2007 uncharted 2 2009 Holy uncharted shit. 3 2011 last of us 2013 that's really Two years impressive. between yeah. each game because they found a thing that just worked mm -hmm. yeah cover base shooter it zooms in you walk slow during the walk and talk scenes right you yeah. just apply the story to the template. Well, right. and where we get with the story is a great example of sort of one of those walk and talk moments leading mm -hmm. into some action, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, Sarah wakes up in the middle of the night. Joel is not there. Right. No. Uh, so you just wander around this empty house. I th The tone this sets is really great. It's a very scary kind of haunted house moment. Mm -hmm. You're expecting something to jump out at any time. Nothing really does, mm -hmm. except there's a beautiful moment where you're watching a, uh, like the TV's been left on and you're watching a news report happen and there's an explosion that happens on the TV and then you see the explosion happen outside the window that was yeah, cool. so you yeah. know that like the danger is very near but it's not quite at you yet yeah you go downstairs you find uh, you find Joel who runs in from the backyard and there's so much in this game that's left unsaid in uh -huh. a way that like I feel like the TV show does a lot of like explaining yeah, a about very things. key thing is this game never has the scene where someone is out of focus in the background slowly turning into a zombie yeah yeah what does the TV show do in like minute 15 <laughs> it's, it's out of it's out of focus they have there's somebody Mrs. Adler she's going all right, zombie right, right, which yeah. you might remember that old lady from Slings and Arrows <laughs> yeah that's her oh, that's her oh. <laughs> Um, wow. 
But yeah, uh, so Joel runs in and his neighbor uh, has been zombified. I'm yeah. sorry, infected. Zombocom. Zombocom. And yeah. you can do anything. And yeah. Bursts through the window. Uh, Joel shoots him in the face almost immediately. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, also you don't have the mo- like Joel has has had something happen already. Yes. Right? He is at the point of realization. He may have gotten a call from his brother. Like you're already because you're from the perspective of the daughter at this beginning. You yeah. are in the middle of it. And you are not in charge. And this is yeah. a strong choice, I think, just to Very drop strong. you right into the middle of it in this yeah. way. Like, this is much more assured than a lot of the other storytelling in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they also lied to every single press person they talked to about this game uh, because they were mm. just like, you play as Joel the whole time. They're like, oh, you don't play as mm. anyone else? They're like, nope. Huh. Because they really wanted to keep this stuff a secret. Because that's good. That's a good. That's a good thing no, to lie about. It was. Yeah. It was. It was genuinely a very good move on their part because it is so shocking. Yeah. Because also you're like, well, I don't remember seeing Sarah in the rest of the game. And you're right, you don't yeah. because uh, you it's drive into town. It's not called the Sarah of us. Nope, <laughs> it's not. You're right, Brian. You're right. It's not called that. I, would also- I just found that out. I learned how to read yesterday. <laughs> Sarah, uh, Sarah gets. Uh, uh, don't worry, I'm a child actor. Took me a long time to learn how to read too. Um, <laughs> No, but I think Sarah is the most underserved character, uh, maybe in the game. There are a couple mm. more that get, uh, you know, worse treatment than her. But like, we don't really get to know anything about her yeah. uh, very much um, before she, uh, spoiler, uh, gets shot and dies yeah. in yeah. Joel's and I, arms. And I feel like they knew how early they wanted to get rid of her. And that's why they made the choice to make you play as her. Yeah. The TV show tries to, I don't know, make a deeper connection with this character by just making you spend more time with her which, doing which basically nothing. Doesn't yeah. really ground it because like the point of this character is she's a device she's the reason that joel feels bad about his life right is that he lost his daughter at the beginning of the pandemic because he tried to get out of town and uh bad things happened his daughter got fucking assassinated by the military yes and but that's also very important it wasn't an infected that killed his daughter right no it was man (laughs) it was It was a soldier. It was a guy who's just like, oh, but he's got a little girl understood. And then he like shoots them down anyway, because men are at their heart inherently evil and merciless. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what happens in pandemics. People just get really fucking mean. Right. 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 Anyway, (laughs) there's a there's a note you can find that Sarah has written Joel a birthday card. And I just want to read what she's written in the birthday card to give you some like insight into Joel as a father. You hate everything about me, but you're still the best dad ever. How do you do it? Hmm. So Joel's a terrible father, like from the word go. And I think that's actually a really cool and strong choice. It's not like he was once a great dad and then has to become great again. He is a bad dad who then has to learn how to become tolerable. Right. Um, I want to talk about the moment that we get. We're driving through town now. The, this is there. This is, this is the most set piece this game gets. Actually, it doesn't do all the uncharted stuff except for a little bit in the DLC. You're talking about the riding in the back. You are riding in the, in the truck with your dad and your uncle. Right. Yeah. Um, You are Sarah. You are playing as Sarah. You are playing as prompto. And you can, you still have some movement. You can turn the camera in any direction that you want. And this highlights one of the issues that they have with the storytelling of this game with how far they're trying to push one idea without being able to push the rest of it. Because if you're not looking out the front, you don't really see anything happen. Right. <laughs> oh, were you just like, were you purposefully like looking, looking away from well, the edge? It gives you the options. Yeah, you're you're like, oh, there's going to be something going on over there. Maybe that building's going to explode. Maybe there's going to be something chasing us, you know, like behind us. It's going to over. Yeah. But no, you, 
you just you don't want to move her at all. You just want to keep looking. <laughs> Well, there, there are a couple moments where if you don't look out the side, you don't see the zombo come and like slam your yeah, car at one but point. Then but then it will wrench control of the camera away from you and then you'll see it hit the car, which is a, a better effect. Right. Yeah, it's sure, a more sure. cinematic yeah, sure. effect, which is uh, what this game is trying to do. In no yeah. uncertain terms, it is not really trying to be a video game for the majority of its runtime. It is trying, I think, to be a more cinematic experience. Yes and no. Well, I, I, we'll talk about the core gameplay loop in a little bit. Yeah. Once we um, get to a point where we because where at this point we're game. not playing yeah, the game yeah, yeah, yeah. yet. In you know? terms of the storytelling, though, I do think this idea continues because there were many moments. Like uh, one example just being in, I think, Pittsburgh, I was trying to get one of those rafts that you have to mm -hmm. push over. I was on the other side of the raft ready to push it back to land. And there were some sounds that happened. Mm. Oh. And then Ellie's like, what was that? And Joel's like, hey, don't worry about it. And I was like, no, what was that, though? Sure. Joel, you didn't see what happened. I was there. I was right. with you. Right, 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 and right. I guess there was some action that happened on the like road above that scene. Which, if you're going straight towards the raft, oh, you see yeah. it happen. There's like a woman gets run over or shot or something. Oh, but, shit. Oh, that I missed part, it entirely. Yeah, yeah I missed I, it entirely because, because they decided to to let me look anywhere right, else and right. didn't have anything else go on in those other places. That's wild. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the game does make you watch Sarah die. She screams and cries and then dies very, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, blessedly in the show, it's much longer and I think uh, a lot more wrenching, but uh, you know, Troy Baker. I disagree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, 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 Josh I, and I are on the same page. I, I, don't know. I just, I just looked at you and I was like, I thought in the show it was just trying so hard. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is actually the first take that they did of this scene. Troy Baker talks about this scene all the time mm. because he came in screaming, crying, tearing his hair out. Right. Just like uh, mm. this is like every actor. Like, look at me. I'm right, acting. Right, My right, daughter yeah, has right, died, yeah. um, especially for him, because he's primarily a voice actor. And so that's what you do. You yeah. go a lot farther when you're dubbing anime Absolutely. or doing a traditionally voice acting. Yeah, but video he game. was also doing some very unhealthy method shit, quite frankly. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, 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 not not against <laughs> other people, just in terms of like his own psychological right. process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was just like what I learned was like it wasn't. It was like opening up a f putting your mouth on like a fire hydrant. Yeah. Like it was just too much emotion. Yeah. Um, and Druckmann was like, so we have to do a reshoot of that scene because what I'm seeing right now is a man who's lost his daughter. But what I'm not seeing is a man who's just like this is going to be okay. Oh no, it might not be okay. I can still fix this. She's gone. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what I think the performance that you that's get. That's good direction. It's really good direction. good direction. And that's where I think he's actually the most successful. I think Neil Druckmann is a really good director of actors. Yeah. Because he is so um, detail oriented and he's so process oriented. And, and, he so and, and he's actually pointing you to an actable objective. Yes. You know? like, yes. And I think that's what you get in the game. I yeah. think Troy Baker's performance yeah. in the game is so wrenching yeah. because it's just like, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. I'm going to move you. I'm yeah. going to fix you until the exact yeah. moment where she's just gone. Yeah. So now we find ourselves in the future. Yeah. 20 years in the future. 2033. Everybody is not a zombie now. Not, not zombies. Yeah, they're infected. <laughs> they're all. No one, no one in the modern day, when faced with a zombie pandemic, would ever say the word zombie. No siree. Nope. So in I, a very real and grounded world such as this. <laughs> so you get like a little montage of little things like headlines and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of these things is that there is now a revolutionary terrorist insurgent group. Yes. And their demands <laughs> include a call to return to the three branches of government. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, dude. Yep. 
The fireflies. We want checks and balances, and we're going to bomb every building until we get it. <laughs> I love the idea. Revolutionary radical liberalism. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Bicameral legislation, <laughs> motherfucker. Independent judiciary or death. Let's bring back Scalia. Um, <laughs> I just I couldn't get enough of that. I thought it was so fucking no, funny. No, rules. These guys are are <laughs> radical originalists. That's that's very like I took a political science class in in, in college, and I, yeah. and I need to add a little bit more texture to this world. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that happens. Like Joel is set up at the at the quarantine zone or the QZ yeah. in Boston, and yes. they're drug runners and gun smugglers. Yeah. So now there's been 20 years of just absolute totalitarian military rule. Yes. And the only people alive that you know of really are people who live within these quarantine zones. Right. Yes. And then some uh, sort of relay figures in other places. Yeah. So yeah. The, it, the quarantine zones are basically gigantic. You know, there's concrete yeah. uh, gates, blocks, you know, you can't get in or out without authorization. Uh, and, and you know, within the there's, walls of the quarantine zone, it's hell. It's, there's, it's there's, just hell. there's death yeah. squads. You have everything is like you get um, meal vouchers, you know, th in order to eat. anything. yeah, you live in kind of a slum. It's very Final Fantasy seven. Uh, well, it's Half-Life. <laughs> that too. It's, it feels it like Half-Life. It's City 17. Yeah, yeah. It's City yeah. 17. You have a friend uh, named Tess who it's implied that there is sort of like a a relationship between Joel and Tess. Yeah. It's or never, like a former relationship or yeah, something like that. And now they're just business partners. They've been betrayed. Yeah. By a guy named Robert who does not matter at all. Nope. Uh, I, I figure we can actually just skip to the point where we meet Ellie. Yeah. Bottom yeah. line is, yeah, there's that a, just so many little things. Yeah. They need yeah. to get they need to get more guns. Is basically what the deal is. Yeah. Robert doesn't have the guns anymore. So then they meet this other lady. He's like, okay, I'll get you guns, but you got to take this girl to this place. Yeah. Yes. And the leader, and that woman's name is Marlene. She is the leader of the Fireflies who yeah. demands that there be a Senate. <laughs> we need a Senate and a House, and when bills need to pass the yes. house and then go to the senate same thing go we back need to proportional <laughs> representation in the lower house and we need two senators per state in the upper house and dc will never be represented <laughs> we must approve these supreme court justices, justices in an orderly fashion there can only be nine <laughs> It's so fucking stupid. It's the most like Obama shit I can imagine. But that's the style at the time. It was. It is the style of the time. Like there's probably some fucking like terror cell in Chappaqua led by Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, she's Hillary. President Tandy in Fallout 2. <laughs> Hillary, Hillary is leading a cult somewhere. I, I'd imagine she's 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 yes, she's gone the Bohemian Grove. Ah, I see. Yeah, where um, they killed Scalia. Oh no! They hunted him <laughs> for sport. We, this is where we meet Ellie, who is uh, played by Ashley Johnson and is one of the most remarkable characters in video games. Yeah. and I I will stand by that. The does Ashley Johnson also do the mocap? Or she do does. They, okay. Yeah. Is she? Short or uh, I know I think she's actually taller than Ellie. Um, okay. at least in the game, yeah, because she's I mean she's not a kid when she plays this. No, Troy right. Baker, uh, very notably a young man uh, yeah. playing Joel in this. Yeah. Yeah. He he looks like Cloud Strife, like and the way yeah. Ashley Johnson described him when she first saw him was this uh, Final Fantasy dude. Huh. <laughs> like he's got this like bleached blonde hair, these like piercing blue eyes, and he looks to be like in his early thirties. He, he, he's got really this like, sword that he carries. Yeah, around. he really does look too. unreal. One of the weirdest things was like death stranding 
yeah. just modeled Troy Baker's character off of Troy Baker's actual face. And yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a beautiful man who has terrible opinions on NFTs. And he uh, and he gives a tremendous performance. And it's also honestly uh, just a small side note here is that, you know, in acting school, they're always like if they want an old man, they'll cast an old man. But yeah. why say you never fucking know? No, because a lot of older men read for this role. But Troy Baker got it yeah and because he i mean he's perfect he's like he is perfect for this role um and the two of and i think the reason the game works is the dynamic between the two but especially because of ashley johnson's performance as ellie yeah the game also is actually very very smart about how it depicts their relationship at the beginning joel and ellie's relationship yeah in the first part of this game as you're getting out of boston they don't talk much at all to each other yeah like when when uh uh, is her name Tess? Tess. That's fucking name. Yeah. When she's around, there's talking. When Ellie's around, no talking. Well, because why would there be? He's got a job to yeah. do. He doesn't care about this fucking kid. Well, it's just he, like he's a defense mechanism, yeah. right? He right. can't care about he, this right. kid. He right. says what he needs to say. So it's just like, you know, uh, spores, right? Like it's if just she, like, if, turn your light on, you know, things like that. There's a couple yeah. situations where Ellie tries to start a conversation yeah. and he just doesn't reciprocate. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk to a child. This is, yeah. I mean, this is a, this is true grit. This is the uh, yeah. 1968, not quite revisionist Western. Yeah. It's that same sort of story. You have the the gruff, um, morally questionable old man. Yeah. You have the young girl child and they make their trek across the uh, uh, American wasteland in this story. And what I think that what differentiates Ellie, though, is just how capable she is in a way that that was not present in earlier drafts of this thing. Like mm. Ashley Johnson was uh, very much responsible for making Ellie as capable and sure. uh, and helpful as she is in the game. You know, like there are points where she's just like I, I Ellie was supposed to be like taken away and like kidnapped by somebody and just like, I guess, go limp or whatever. Yeah, and she was yeah. like, I would go and I'd try to fight this right, guy. Right, yeah. right. And it, it's it's really refreshing that you have a female character in a video game that's never sexualized. Like that's radical yeah. in and of itself. Well, because she is a child and that's what she is going to be as a as a storytelling device, which is rare, right? Like you don't yeah. get that with like Ashley in Resident Evil. I was gonna 4. say the exact same thing. You know, even right. even Ashley is kinda, you know. Well, and Ashley once you beat the game, you can unlock skimpier and skimpier outfits for her to wear on your next playthrough. Right. Like and and that's actually worth talking about is like this element of escort mission design. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because on the one hand, you have the classic escort mission, which is just terrible and everyone hates it. You know, you've had you've played it in everything from Zelda to Grand Theft Auto. They kept no. doing it for years for some reason. Yeah. And it was always awful. Then there was Resident Evil Zero, where the whole game is that for some reason. And then Resident Evil 4, where they make the character that you escort kind of smart. She's still a liability. But she will duck if you shoot in her direction, if you give her a second to do it. Otherwise, you still might blow her head off. She does get picked up by enemies, but she tries to sort of get away. And there are places where you can hide her like in a barrel or whatever so that you can avoid a a lot of the issues. Right. Right. Now, this same year, we have a complete upending of this idea in Bioshock Infinite. Right. Where Elizabeth is not a liability at all. Right, she is right. an asset. She throws you ammunition. She does things for you. She is never someone that you have to like check in on and she's say, invincible. Yeah. yeah. The way that they sort of split the difference then in this game is that Ellie is not invincible. 
No. But she is, for the most part, invisible. It's very dissonant sometimes when you are still sneaking around and you're in stealth and she's just like fucking standing she right like, in literally the, waving the at a zombie. She's walking yeah. like directly in front of it and, it, you know, in front of a guy and the guy doesn't see her or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, it, it it's a, an accommodation that they have made yeah. for the sake of gameplay. And for the most part, I think it works. You know, uh-huh. yeah. you don't always have to be like, oh, God. Where is the character? You know, yeah. what do I need to do? Every once in a while with the zombies, uh, Ellie will get grabbed or your yeah. other companions will get grabbed. So then you have to like get the zombie off. But there are also other times where your uh, companions will attack a guy yeah. who's attacking you. You yeah. know, so They'll it comes in sort of, with the assist. It goes yeah. both ways. Uh, I also played this game on survivor mode, which is uh, it's not grounded mode, which is like the super hard one that they released afterwards. It's the hardest mode you can play within the thing. And uh, there are there were a couple times where the infected were alerted by Ellie running around, which I thought was very interesting. But they also take away your um, your sight, your uh, your listen mode, the the Batman Arkham uh, detective yeah. mode, oh, yeah. the, the Hitman instinct hit mode, instinct, yeah. the Hitman instinct mode that you now know exists, <laughs> which is fine for some encounters. Quite frankly, it, it, it actually made for some very thrillingly tense ones. Yeah, because I actually had to like uh, learn like enemy patterns and like sneak up on them in certain ways, and that was very cool. I hate it. But also, yeah. a lot of there are a lot of encounters in this game that were not designed for you not to have that right. ability. No, yeah. So that that was well, and it, that it, was what's tricky. interesting is that this radar ability is the hitman instinct ability from hitman absolution because it's also a sneak mode you are always sneaking right. at the like optimal sneak level while also getting your radar of whatever enemies are around you that is from hitman absolution 100% yeah you have to take ellie out of the city you escape the quarantine zone you make your way downtown you go through a skyscraper yeah. you make your way to and the capital the skyscraper is fun this one this feels very naughty dog it feels very uncharted you are in a bro it's it's like that scene in cloverfield you are in a skyscraper that has fallen into another one but hasn't collapsed entirely yeah. everything is crooked yeah uh, it sounds like an old barge when you're inside of it yeah very good very atmospheric you don't get another moment like that in the rest of the game there, there's a lot of cool stuff too with the camera where um if you're if you're in like a place with a lot of dust like the dust gets on the lens mm-hmm. yeah. of the game camera and the lighting that well, even, even for a the, ps3 the, game like the, it looks yeah, really impressive. cool the start menu is just dust in a window right yeah. there is no image of a human being whatsoever you are just looking out of a window, which I think is a, a very interesting image that they decided to go with for the game. And apparently yeah. they were going to open every episode of the TV show with a window, but they ended up dropping that idea. Could have been oh, interesting. That's, that's Wait, interesting. really? Yeah. <laughs> so they make their way to the Capitol building um, of Boston. What I like most about this intersection is that it's teaching you how to play the game and experience it in a very different way from most video games. Because you get to the Capitol building and what are you expecting as a player? Right. You're expecting a boss battle. Uh-huh. You're expecting a big showdown where you take cover behind like one of the big in the dome somewhere and you snipe yeah. all the guys running in. It's a horde thing, right? You're battling the Phaedra uh, troops that have followed you there. Yeah. The, the government troops that have followed you there who really do not want to three. They do not want those branches of government. No, they just no. want the one. And you are fighting against that. Um, yeah. But no, not only are you defending yourself, you're defending democracy. You are defending <laughs> democracy. But. Instead, what happens is you find out that your companion, Tess, has been bit. Yeah. And she shoves you and Ellie into the back room and locks the door and takes out all the guards herself. Yeah. So all of a sudden, this game that you thought was going to be a video game 
is like, no, actually, your whole thing is just to survive. You survive. Yeah. You are not Rambo. And, and to the point of yeah. survival, this is also where we learn why Ellie is so important. Is that mm-hmm. she's also been bit, but she got bit a while ago and nothing is happening. Yeah. It seems that she has some sort of an immunity from this fungus. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important that she gets safeguarded and delivered to the place that she's supposed to go. Because yes. there's yeah. a real possibility that they could be able to create some sort of a vaccine or a treatment yeah. using her something. Much like the main character in I Am Legend. Hmm. Hey! Uh, also, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I think actually this is going to be important as we get to the end of this game. That's not how you make vaccines, unfortunately, right? Like, oh. if that was the case, we would have been able to have solved the HIV situation a long time ago, right? We, we oh, a, sure. as of this point, have cured exactly two people who have completely cleared human immunodeficiency virus from their bodies because of marrow donations from naturally immune donors. Hmm. Two people. But you can't manufacture that. You can't do that. It's a marrow donation, which is very intense. It's it's hard for a body to go through on either side of of that procedure. Right, right, right. right. Something to keep in mind because this game does too. And I think it's really important that the game is a little bit smarter than you might think it's going to be, considering that it's a zombie game full of zombies. Infected. Infected zombies, yes. Yes, infected. Uh, yep. And yes, they are infected with zombies. Yes. Uh, so and cordyceps. You, you make your way out of Boston. Yeah. And you make your way to Bill's Town, way down, Billy Town, way down under the ground. Yes. And it's fine. Uh, you, you make your way. <laughs> is th- that because that? Musical started in the Berkshires. Sure, is that what you're doing? <laughs> no, it just it, they they have the same amount of syllables, so oh. it made me it made me sing it. Oh, okay. So anyway, they make their way to Billstown, and uh, the devil went down to Billstown, and you can't do two you songs. Can't do, no, no, that's two songs. No, I didn't, I didn't sing it. I didn't Pick sing it. One, <laughs> like I can do both. This is getting Pengazi so much worse. Ain't going away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Billstown. Is a very annoying level until you run into Bill. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff is annoying, and I think Josh, you agree with me on on, on the do. encounter design. We might as well talk a little. Yeah, bit let's, about talk, about, let's talk about let's talk about the game point loop because this is the point where it really comes into yeah. Because as Starkly. as we've established, the whole thing, the whole point is that you are going around. You need to eliminate or sneak past the opposition, and you need to protect your charge. And health. and largely sneak past is not actually an option. Correct. Like you get to sneak for a while and waste a few people, but there are very often, and you can't really tell going into it, there are often points where you actually have to clear the whole room yep. before yeah. you can like find the ladder that you Correct. need to climb. Which is incredibly annoying. Yeah. So stealth is not necessarily always a viable option. Yeah. So no. what that means is that you have to yeah eliminate the opposition. Now there's really a couple ways that you can do that. One way is that you can uh, sneak up behind guys and do a silent takedown. Uh-huh. Um, this is generally not viable if there are multiple people in the same right. area. It takes a long time. Um, it's also not yeah. like it's it's not like an immersive sim where like you can. There are objects that you can pick up and throw around to distract people and move them in different mm-hmm, places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But unlike an immersive sim or a stealth game, you know, something in the vein of like a Splinter Cell or, you know, yeah. Deus Ex, 
You don't have the ability to move bodies around. No. They just stay there. So which is very annoying. <laughs> that's cool. But also it creates a very funny effect where if you drop one guy, another guy notices and comes over, you can then jump that guy. And yes. then it's just a never ending clown car yes. of one body right. piling up in one place. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It wants to have stealth mechanics. But the stealth mechanics aren't well baked yep. enough to yep. really be viable. And so that means that you have to use either hand to hand combat, yep. which is just pressing the square button a bunch of times to punch the shit out of somebody. Uncharted. Yeah. Or using firearms. The and problem, firearms are less fun than just square, pressing square a bunch. Correct. And a big yeah. part of the problem is that Joel can't aim. No, um, even no. if you turn, he's gotten so many well, head injuries at this point in his life that yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's shaky and rickety. And, and even and, if you turn like there, there is, you can upgrade over time the yeah. sway so that it goes down. But yeah, well, that's even, why he has the sway. So you can upgrade to get rid of the sway. Yeah, Josh. but fuck that. Like, By he, swallowing a bunch of pills. pills. Yeah. <laughs> because this is the thing, right? It's like sometimes you make concessions for the sake of gameplay, for the sake of fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as Reggie fils famously said, the game is fun. If it's oh. not fun, why bother? That's right. And so often oh, yeah. while I was playing this game, I was like, why am I fucking bothering? Because it's this? real, Josh. And, and I think it's the so other thing, and this is something that is very true for Uncharted, especially Uncharted 1, there's more enemies than there should be in each mm -hmm. encounter. Hmm. Like there's a point where it just runs out of steam and you're like, ah, oh, there's still more fucking guys yes. here. Yeah, and I, I get the point. With, just keep killing, and I get the point with like the infected. Right? Is this idea that like, of course, there's like a horde of them. Yeah, That's, uh, it's an infected horde. That's the phrase. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but but the the thing about like something like that is then what you want is from a level design perspective more options to allow you to solve the problem in different yes. ways. But again, yeah. the game design, the level design is so linear that yeah. the yeah. only way out is almost always through. Yep. Except yeah. the DLC, which we'll talk yes. about later. Well, <laughs> and the DLC, and then there are a couple of sections where there are infected where you are not supposed to fight. So Billstown, we have Bill, who is a survivalist who found himself in the perfect situation because no survivalist has really equipped themselves for a real pandemic, but they have equipped themselves for a zombie situation. Right. And right, right. Bill has taken out over an entire like New England village. Yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> he he not only has like a base to himself, he has has the entire fucking thing and he is not friendly to outsiders even to you Joel and you have made contact with him before right the way that relationships were described by Troy Baker which I thought was very apt is like oh he's like Joel's weed dealer yeah like they're yeah. cool and fine but they are not friends it's a business arrangement yeah. entirely and, and so Bill in the game is played by uh, a man named W Earl Brown it's actually pronounced world so he was the one who at the table read in the initial script it said that he had this partner named frank and w earl brown was like well my, my part what do you mean by partner and Druckmann was like well what do you i mean what, what do you think what, what's your instinct and he said well i i think there was a romantic relationship there and Druckmann's like great that's what it is mm. oh and so that's why it's not really present in the dialogue writing because he just sort mm. of goes my uh my partner yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. in a way that's like don't love it yeah. uh, personally. Like, yeah, yeah, no, do, no. Do if something you're going to go for it, it, go for it. Which yeah, yeah. they do in the materials. Yes. That yes. you find. Yes. And, but, and it's also one the of the gay pornos. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, and also the letter from the partner. Yeah. Yes. The, letter, the letter from the partner, which is um, brutal and awful because you end up finding it out that Frank yeah. has, has killed himself. Yeah. Uh, because he got bit by a couple of, uh, of the infected and yeah. he, uh, he has hung himself. Yeah. And he writes a letter to Bill basically saying, just so you know, yeah, 
Like I killed myself because of the zombie thing, but also I was never coming back. I hate you. Go fuck yourself. Die, bitch. It's brutal. And, yeah. and, and this was another moment where they use the tools of video games to tell a story pretty effectively, yeah. including the cinematic tools, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think people discount because they're like, well, there's cinematic stuff and then there's gameplay mechanics. And it's right. like, no, that's also part of the game. Yeah, it's right. literally in there. And it's communicated yeah. in the level design too. Mm-hmm. the state of the house that you find it in. Like, this is yeah. something that I noticed. Sometimes they pay attention to and sometimes they don't in this game. And I think it yeah. was just down to like, we've got to furnish all of these rooms yeah, and sometimes time, we're just yeah. going to pop assets on the wall <laughs> and other times we're actually going to design a space. Yeah, yeah. But like, this is something that I love about arcane games, for instance, is that they pay such close attention to how the room ought to look and feel yeah, particularly yeah. in like prey and the, the house that we come across with bill, uh, when we come ac- across Frank's house, it's like, Oh yeah, this is, the house of somebody who probably had already given up on life before yeah. he fucking killed himself. Yeah. yeah. Long, long before. And um, so Bill's town yeah. is mostly a slog. It is a gauntlet of going through killing a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, yeah. a bunch of zombies. And yeah. you don't have the fun guns yet. Um, no. You don't have. <laughs> no. And you don't even get to have them for new game plus. They start you back out with what? your starting weapons. You yeah, have to yeah. find well, the well, weapon again. You, well, no, no. you keep your upgrades so when yes, you get in, it. But this yeah. game also introduces a moment where you just have a shooting gallery. This is one of the first times it's like, yeah, forget about the fact that you have limited ammo. Just keep shooting at these guys because you're hanging upside down in one of Bill's traps as oh, he's yeah. got these like zombos oh, coming yeah, after yeah. you. That's a fun moment, but that's a very uncharted <laughs> moment is what that it's, felt it's, like. It's an yes, extremely it uncharted moment. And yeah. it's like, it's also like, I only have three bullets and it's like, no, you don't just, just keep shooting. Yeah, don't bullets. worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Uh, I imagine because it would get very frustrating if you, yeah. if you had to be introduced to an entirely <laughs> new it, way yeah, of shooting. It's like, it's, you know, it, it is an entirely new way of shooting. It's one of those things. It's one of the rare exceptions where the game is just like, let's do what's fun and not what's realistic yeah. mm-hmm. in a way that I think a lot of the rest of the game is just like, what's actually realistic. What is the grounded yeah. approach that we can take to this? And so Bill finds you and then you have a long story scene. You walk and talk with him where he just keeps asking you about tests. Apparently, we were supposed to care about Tess. <laughs> yeah. We were for reasons that are unclear, other than the fact that she was alongside you for a little bit. She yeah. was. A, I mean, the way the way in all the behind the scenes, the way they talk about Tess is like, well, she's a very strong and very capable woman, and that was like that's sort of where that ends. And then when you ask, yeah. they asked Struckman about her, it was like, oh, she was a device in order to get you to yeah, understand. Yeah, where, like, is that that's the way and Druckmann like, talks about his work? Everything is a plot device. Everything yeah. is a thing that leads to a. And it's like end. we didn't spend time with Tess. She's not much of a device you know who's a device the daughter we already got yeah. that we yeah, got yeah. it he has a dead daughter yeah. daughter died this is where the tv show takes the biggest variation and i just yeah we're not so gonna we need spend, to talk about this episode we're not going to spend too too much time on this but nick offerman and murray bartlett uh play bill and frank respectively in yeah. the hbo show and craig mazin who is the showrunner of the, the co-showrunner with neil Druckmann for the show was basically just like uh hey this is really bleak we gotta have like something in here that's like a good message for Joel. That's not just a warning sign of him. Like, don't don't get attached to somebody. Don't get attached to somebody. Don't get attached to somebody. <laughs> However, they are also dead. <laughs> they are also dead. But but so okay. So what happens is we just live an entire life with Bill and Frank. We it's a it's a love story. It's oh, okay. It's yeah. basically so, they, do a, they do so, a bottle episode. Yeah, with them. we we yeah. don't find ourselves in a sort of more densely packed part of Massachusetts. We're in a we're we're true in a new, uh, new England village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's in, what they in Canada. Uh, but 
it's it's a tiny, tiny neighborhood. It's like a house and a church and a few more houses. And Nick Offerman, who is just fantastic in the way that he uses his entire body as an instrument for his acting. It's 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 unreal. This performance um, is a is a survivalist who gets exactly what he wants and goes to the Home Depot immediately after people are evacuated by the military and the coast is clear. He yeah. sets up a fence. He electrifies everything. He uh, has untold amounts of, of rations stored. And yeah. then someone comes along and they fall in love. They they grow old together. Um, yeah, we follow them over the course of the full 20 years of the pandemic. Yeah. And meeting Joel and Tess at one point. Like, yeah. we get a lot of that. Which Frank, story. Does Frank still die at the end, though? They uh, both die. Yes. Oh, great. Because awesome. They, yeah. Well, because. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is a barrier gaze. Uh, unfortunately. But, I don't think it's a I don't. Uh, it's I, so but, TV tropes, but it's like it's. Yeah. It, it's it's basically the plot of a more. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so he like so. So Frank gets um, what it's never made clear, but it's basically MS or. Yeah, maybe I was Parkinson's. thinking Parkinson's. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and and so part of what you find out is in that first episode in a scene that you don't remember, even though you watched it last night, Josh, because no one remembers it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched the entire series now three times up to this point. And, sure. and it's like, oh, that. Oh, that's what they're talking because there's a point where Joel is negotiating with the smuggler about medications and it's medications that they are getting. Oh, for yeah, for, for, oh. The, for, for, for okay. the Parkinson's. Yeah. Um, and he's and, and you know, Frank's just basically like, look, I, I they couldn't cure this before yep. this. And now the world's gone to shit. They're not going to cure yep. it. Um, I want you to poison me. So uh, I want to get married to you today and then I want you to poison me. And then, yeah, so they, they prepare a nice dinner because Nick Offerman is very good at pouring wine, which is how the, the show tells you that he's gay because of how he pours wine. <laughs> I mean, he also has sex with a man. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, but that's not the moment where the, the thing where they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, he's gay. It's like, I don't know. It's like he read Providence or something. It was like, I can do this, too. And it's like, you're not Alan Moore. <laughs> um, this is there are some straight men who can write incredible homosexual subtext and there's Craig Mazin. Um, yeah. in, in my opinion, I disagree. Yes. I think it's really good. Uh, the point is at the end, we find a meaningful relationship between these two characters yes. and Nick Offerman reveals that his wine was also poisoned. So they oh, go okay. to, they go to bed together yep. and they die in each other's arms. Um, and he leaves a note for Joel. Yep. that says, Hey, if you find something worth defending in this world, you defend it. Yeah. To the end. And it has a moment in that letter where it mentions Tess where it is actually emotionally affecting. Sure. Maybe yes. because we spend a little bit more time with her in the show and we even watch her die, which yes. you don't get to see in the game. Right. Yeah. You can go um, back and look at her body later if you want. Sure but. you can. Yeah. Sure can. But it's yeah, it's it's an episode that decides, oh, we're just going to spend time with these two characters. The yep. show up until this point has had two cold opens, right? The first yep. episode has a very short one with like a Dick Cavett type show in the 70s where someone mentions cordyceps. Yeah. The second one has this cold open in Indonesia. Yes. That is like they Googled where does a lot of flour come from and they found this town in Indonesia. Uh-huh. And uh, it's it's the best scene in in the season so hmm. far. I, yeah. I, st- I really like that sequence because it feels like Chernobyl. It feels like Craig Mason's like back. In his oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really wonderful thing. They find, um, 
a, a fungus expert mm-hmm. who basically investigates the cordyceps. And then they ask, so what should we do? And she's like, nuke this town. Yes. Let me go home and hang out with my family, but bomb <laughs> this to shit. She's like, you know, the Andromeda strain do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's very effective and very, and very good. Otherwise it basically follows the plot of the game. And yeah, uh, that, yeah this on. is the biggest, like full deviation sure. of like a totally different story happens rather than details. Right. And so we, we move on from Bill's town. Yeah. Uh, they get a car and they, they get a car drive. in the TV show and in the game. Some people had some comments about, you know, how, how is the car working? Gasoline. It's been 20 years. Who and, cares? Shut up. Well, I, I care. And I'm going to say why it's actually good. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> and I say this as someone whose grandfather was hoarding gasoline in Southern California, just in case the Ruskies invaded uh-huh. yeah. and those barrels of gasoline in a nailed up shed on his Lancaster <laughs> ranch were not discovered until many years after his death. And they were completely useless and inert. And of course, then my dad had to figure out how to dispose of it legally. You yeah. know, um, the military, like every, not everyone is dead. It's like, like 40% of the population or 60% of the population has died off. Sure. The military and, and various resources are still in place. Sure. There is still logistics. Right. There is still like extractive industry that exists. You just don't get to be a part of that because that's not your part in the society. Right. There still is new gasoline being refined. That's why the military still has these vehicles. That's why you can find a car that has sure. working. That's gas why they have it. tanks. So, so there you go, folks. The gas is good. Ah, good. Good. Keep burning gas. So we make our way Brought to, f- to you by Saudi Aramco, our newest sponsor. Oh boy. We get a little bit of bonding between Joel and Ellie. Um, again, what I think makes this game work is their dynamic. And yeah. How yeah. Ellie, like Ellie starting to warm up to grabs on to one of Bill's porno mags. And she's in the backseat of the truck looking at, at nude men and their large hanguses. Yes. Yep. Yep. And then Joel's like, that's not for kids. And all thinks he has to actually explain where the birds and the bees come from. But I was like, fuck you. I know what dicks do and throws the yeah. magazine out the window. And it's this very lovely moment of levity that is immediately uh, bulldozed <laughs> in the face um, because actually bulldozed <laughs> because like most aggressive encounters in this game. Um, a black guy jumps out and screams and starts shooting at you when you hit Pittsburgh. This is the longest single chapter of the game. Yeah, and it's long. I also remember nothing about it. Like, yeah, I, like, you just, I like the you just hotel. Go, I like exploring the hotel. The hotel is the one thing, especially you go down to the basement, there's the the, mo- the famous moment where you have to start a generator. While, while being chased by a bloater and a whole bunch of other infected. The bloater, I've done this twice now. Yeah. The bloater didn't show up either time. Really? I, I don't know if it's because I found the key before I got to the generator. I mean, but I helps. started the generator and like two stalkers show up yeah. and then and then I'm like, OK, well, I got it started. Let's go to the door. And I heard the like, bomb, you know, like the little the yeah. explosions of the things he throws. At well, you, not yeah. even that. It's like it was like it's like get ready for the bloater sounds. Oh, like, sure, sure. I don't even think he was in the area yet. And I made it out. Yeah, yeah. I think that is definitely a viable strategy, which I'm 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 not complaining because they're so annoying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, that that level in particular plays a lot with verticality in a way that I think a lot of the rest of the game just doesn't mm-hmm. like you are able to like find, especially in the hotel uh, when on the upper level, when you're dealing with the dudes yeah. there, you can like climb up secret like entrances yeah, where things yeah, have yeah. collapsed. Like it's, it is a lot of I think yeah. it's like a very successful level design. There but are for the most actually part, very. Yeah. And, and yeah, there are some parts in that level level two where like there isn't just one path like there there yeah. are different pathing strategies you can take depending on how you yeah. want to uh, L- like me finding that key first before i got to the generator it, it's many people goes the other way yeah. around i yeah. still wouldn't describe it as an 
open level design or an immersive no, level design, no. but it's it's no no no. It's but not, it's, not, just but it's also not trying to be it's an immersive not, level design. It's not design, like Prey yeah. or Deus Ex or no, or, 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 or Thief or Thief oh, Two. Oh yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Well, the nice thing is it's not it's not quite as dark. Those games are a little true. Too dark. A little too dark. Mm. So we get through Pittsburgh. There is like lore that you pick up that there was a rebellion. Like this was a, a QZ, a QZ, a quarantine zone. Right. And then it was it was taken over by these people. These guys are raiders. You find out kind of that Joel was like, oh, yeah, I used to do this all the time. I used to just like fucking kill. Oh, no, yeah, he was on both. Road. Yeah, he said I've been on both sides. You get a little bit about like the story of how people rose up, not that much it's not significant it's not sophisticated it also doesn't really matter no like, um no. it's worth mentioning because we'll we'll talk about the tv episode of it when we get back in in the second half but yeah. there's a whole thing about like a car there's just a big armored car that they have that's that's unkillable that oh, yeah. there's so yeah, many yeah, letters yeah, yeah. about the, the fucking car, car but you do get some uncharted moments with the car there is one letter where joel finds like a guy who's like my whole family's dead like the military they killed my son it's uh, fuck it it's over. I'm I'm picking up a gun. I'm going against it. And Joel, after reading, after you put it down, goes, well, that's a stupid reason. Yeah. Yep. Like, that sounds as good a reason as any, Joel. Uh, yeah. And also, <laughs> Joel, you did the same thing. Yeah. But yes. then you just became a raider. Like, yeah. you're the guy on the road in Mad Max. Although, to be fair, Joel is not like... <laughs> It is in character for him to be passing judgment on other people yes. without thinking about it in the context. Of yes. Himself and it right doesn't now. feel like the game is making some sort of larger statement about the nature of revolutions yeah. that don't uh, that don't honor our three branches of government, <laughs> including the bicameral legislation. Hey, guess what? Part two is about. So Whoa! anyway, uh, so anyway, uh, you eventually meet up with these two other survivors, uh, yes. Sam and Henry, two who, brothers. Two brothers. One is is a kid uh, quite a bit younger than Ellie. Even. Yes. Yeah. There's a really fun moment where Ellie's like, "Yeah, I'm 14." He's like, well, "I'm almost 14." His brother's like, "Really? And that was just that's right. cute." He's like, "Yeah." He's like maybe a 10 year old yeah, kid 10, trying 11. to seem cool. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah I'm I'm 14." Yeah. yeah. The the thing about these characters is that I really liked them. They, yes. they this, these are the first characters that for me kind of jumped out of the screen at me relatively bill is just like a kind of guy and again yeah, like in the yeah, tv yeah. show he's more of a real character tess doesn't really do anything no, um no. whereas these are guys who have their own actual objective yeah they have a very clearly defined relationship with each other yeah the way that they talk to each other as well as to joel mm -hmm. and ellie is real and believable. There's still a little bit of like, fuck you, you fucking fuck, which this game sure. has a problem with yeah. in general. In general, though, I do find them to be relatable, believable uh -huh. characters. And yeah. without like much past, like they, they right. do realize how to develop these characters without having to be like, so my dad did yeah, it, blah, blah, Because yeah. we don't need that. Nope. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. two brothers and yeah. one of them is just trying to help his little brother get yeah. through the world. And that's, that's immediately um, relatable. And I think, I think their relationship with each other is incredible. I think uh, this, this also seems to me, I mean, obviously I don't know, but it seems to me to be a result of Druckmann being like, make this, you know, like just improv yeah. and like, yeah, what this game really does well is when you're, when you're not focusing on the characters, if you turn around to look at them, they're in like a, in like an interesting yeah, like pose, like an yeah. expressive pose. Mm -hmm. Like when you're like walking through the toy shop and things like that. Yeah. 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 And, and that's a really lovely character moment where yeah. it's just like, you know, um, Sam is a kid and he wants yeah. to have a toy yeah. and, and Henry's like, no, no, nothing that we can't carry. Right. Yeah. And it's like immediate, like all this 
joy is gone. And it it, it leads which to is, a larger question is, about this world, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, how quickly did all of the artists die? <laughs> like, were they all killed? Is there no, like, are there no actors anymore? Are there no, are there no clowns? <laughs> are there no clowns in the world of Neil Is there no clown? Is there no joy in your world, Mr. Druckmann? <laughs> there can't, I mean, there must what not has be, happened right? to the ancient prehistoric art of clowning? Yeah. What is, who, who are, who are you uh, being Where right are now? the clowns? Your Kelsey grammar. That you're yeah, doing a Kelsey Fraser. Oh, <laughs> Holy shit. Fraser is not. I thought you were doing Andrew Ryan. Is not a clown entitled to the laugh of his smile. We find ourselves. No, says Neil Druckmann. It belongs to me. We find ourselves. Night has fallen. We kind of sneak out of Pittsburgh. There's a lot of there's a lot of shenanigans. Yeah, uh, a, you get left behind at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, okay, yeah. But, uh, because just uh, like Larry Norman warned us. Yeah, because yeah. I guess Henry Henry and Sam uh, they're in it for themselves. Yeah, they're in it for themselves. I, um, you which, fall off a bridge, they rescue you. It's a little too many things. Then you're out in the suburbs, and you can go upstairs and you hear Ellie and Sam playing darts downstairs. It's yeah. really cute, like just little moments yeah, like that. Where it's yeah, like, it really I shines. wish there was more of this. Yeah, less of the grim dark shit, please. More just like nice world building yeah. that's happening around you that you can listen to while you are playing the game. Because and there's like a point where you go through some sewage system outside of the city and there's yeah. like people who had built a home there. And I think yeah. the implication of the lore in that is that they their rainwater collection system ended up growing cordyceps and then that got all of them killed. There's like oh, a little shit. classroom yeah, down right. there, a children's classroom. Uh-huh. Again, really nice use of level design to tell a story, mm-hmm. world building, not through yeah. explicit like. This is something that only games can do. Yes. And I want to point that up that like there are other media that require certain things to tell a story only in a video game. Can you walk through a level, look at the level and now, you know, more about the world around Josh. Let me tell you about a little something called immersive theater. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) sure, sure. You know, we're the first to die in the Cordyceps outbreak. We're the immersive (laughs) theater actors. That's right. That's where the clowns went. (laughs) That's where the clowns went. (laughs) So after all of that uh, action, yeah, there's a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, we get another cut scene. Surprise, Sam got bit. Um, yeah, the, younger, actually, the younger brother. It got happened bit. a little earlier. We sort of saw him get tackled by a zombie, but now he's actually. Yeah, this got, is another shooter gallery portion right. of the game where yeah. you have a sniper rifle and your oh, whole yeah. thing is just take down the undefeatable car and right. then yeah. also this wave of infected that comes. And after also, the you car. have to get all the way into the house to take out the sniper. Even though I definitely shot right in between those fucking slats, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the you game, have to go in the house. It's not yeah. that kind of a game, which it's is, uh, you know. Annoying to me. Well, you but don't, you don't really have a lot of choices. Is the thing no. like, like you are you are there for the Disney <laughs> Disneyland theme park? Yeah, ride. no, you're yes. on rails. Yes, um, yeah. much I- unlike a, a, a more broadly designed piece of say immersive theater, mm. yes. or a massive a, a masterful immersive simulation such as yeah, say. I can't, System Shock 2. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to kill you in immersive shows, Brian, but those yeah. slats, they're yeah. almost always in well, the way. and the clowns keep getting you. <laughs> I just keep and killing they're, clowns. They're just too delighted to keep going. Right, right, There's right. just a pile of clowns. Um, but yes, Sam uh, has the virus and uh, or the fungus. The, the fungus. fungus. Sorry. And of course, we get the classic and scene that we have that has been in every zombie movie yeah. ever where yeah. Sean's oh, no, mom. He's yeah. turned. Yeah, it's Sean's mom. Sean of the yeah. Dead. Exactly. Yeah. And um, he's got a. The, the, but this one's a little bleaker, I yeah. would argue. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the power of this scene 
And again, we will compare this to this particular episode of the show when we're back. Mm. But the power of this scene comes from this moment, which plays out almost exactly the same in the show. He is not going to shoot his brother. Joel's about to do it. He has no strong emotional attachment to this child. Almost gets shot by the older brother. Yeah. Who then shoots his younger brother. Right. Himself. Yeah. yeah. Points the gun at his own head and takes himself out. Right. Yeah. And then what does the game do? Cuts to black. Cuts to black and jumps ahead all the way to Wyoming. Strong choice. From Pittsburgh. Strong choice. Again, we have had a couple of these cuts before. Like it happened when you left Boston as well. Yeah. And I think this is this is what makes the story so much stronger because it tells you in the show. You mean? Yes. Well, and just in the game in general, because I don't think a lot of games do this. Yeah. Yeah. It pulls you away from the main character and says you don't get to see everything that happens. Yeah. Yeah. You are not entitled to this whole story. You are entitled to the pieces that we fucking show you. Yeah. And then it lets you fill in the gaps. Yes. You get to figure out what happened with Joel and Ellie after that. You don't get to see them bury the bodies. You don't get to see them mourn the loss. And it it ascribes meaning to what you did, because that whole Pittsburgh chapter is like, yeah, it's just gameplay. It's meandering. You go in a hotel. You do all this fucking stuff left and right and up and down and off a bridge. And then it says by by virtue of blacking out in the moment where the two brothers die, it says this is what it was about. Well, and it, this is what the whole thing was building to. And it yeah. also does something important, too. And again, this just points to the perspective of this game, which I don't agree with. And I think we should talk about. Oh, I that, agree like, with it. I'm a fascist. OK. Oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> the moment that Joel and Ellie meet Sam and Henry, they could have then just chosen to immediately go their separate ways again. But it was mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh, no, we should stick together. We're better yeah. as a group, right? We're, we're a team. Now. We're, we're a team. We're better as a team, yeah. which then the game immediately throws in the trash because it's like, oh no, you made each other weaker by sticking together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah. there's something very telling about, um, I don't know if y'all have been watching the behind the scenes talking with the creators of the TV show. Oh, you show. bet I have. Yeah. So I think Josh, I just don't subject myself Josh, to this. It's yeah. so fucking vapid. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I did it because of the show. Yeah, it's content. Yeah, yeah. no, this, this is it's for content, you house. listeners. Yes. But there, there was a point that I think is very illustrative of Druckmann's entire thinking, which is at the end of the first episode, he's talking about uh, the pilot and about, you know, the death of Sarah mm-hmm. and also about, you know, the, and the, them being in the QZ zone in, in Boston. And he says, at the end of the day, isn't love just like the cordyceps fungus? Oh, well, we live in a fucking society. Ooh, no, 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 shut no, 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 but the oh, other thing is like, Neil? it's not. No, look, it's not. Neil? Love is great. Oh, love thanks, is so great. Thanks, Neil. I'm glad you read Fosca before making this fucking game. Like, anyway, we will find out where Wait, this lunacy and where this philosophy takes us, specifically in the TV show's approach yeah. to this particular moment yeah. when we come back from this break. Do we do we have a word from our sponsor leading into this, AJ? Um, well, I'm just I it's it's a crumpled up piece of paper uh, um, and it has a note hastily scrawled mm, on it. Yeah, uh, it just says, send me in. Salutations, my adoring public. Barnaby Bozo here, local purveyor of yuck yucks and the sole surviving clown in the entirety of North America. I am joined, as always, by my faithful drummer, Lenny. Say hi, Lenny. Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. Those raiders cut out your tongue. Well, I guess those guys weren't your taste buds. They were your taste foes. Ha! <laughs> 
still got it, Lenny. Andy Hoosets, we've got some shows coming up. So, if anybody finds this recording that I'm going to place on this bloodstained counter in this corpse-ridden gas station, please head down to the Lakeside Resort in scenic Silver Lakes, Colorado, where we are currently booked for a three-week residency by a nice man named David, who kind of sounds like if Ned Flanders meant you physical harm. No offense to him, of course, just a little tongue-in-cheek humor. Oh, sorry, Lenny. It'll be so nice to perform again. If there's one thing I believe, it's that the only thing that can heal this broken world is laughter. So they were cannibals. We were able to escape, but unfortunately they managed to cook and prepare Lenny's left arm. But I guess he turned out all right. Lenny, I said all right. Would you just... Boy, Lenny. My adoring public, without that three-week residency and the constant I'm now realizing human meat it provided, I am deeply scared of how we are going to survive. But never fear, I have crafted a variety of balloon animals to lure helpless prey into my traps. I'll scrounge us up some grub, Lenny, or my name isn't Barnaby! I had to eat Lenny. The worst part is, he wasn't very good. I thought he would taste like chicken, you know, because of his drumsticks. But unfortunately, he only tasted like regret. I made it to Salt Lake City. You might say I got my cordy steps in. Plus, I figured if anybody could use a family-friendly chuckle, it's the good people of Utah. But there's nobody left now. Nothing but infected, and they are not the laughing sort. More like the biting sort. One of the sneaky ones bit me a few hours ago, and I'll tell you, I do not feel great. I honestly didn't think the infected gave a feck about me, but as it turns out, one infect did. <sighs> what use is life with no one to hear your jokes? What's the use of Barnaby Bozo in a world like this? What's that? It's a little girl and a gruff man! Those infected are headed right for him! Well, looks like it's time to send in the clown! Hey, infected! You wanna hear a joke? What did one clicker say to the other clicker? Oh no! I'm on fire now! I you, infected bastards! Oh god! Is that a bloater? Bloater? I hardly know her! Oh no! Oh, oh he's beating my arm! Don't chew on that! Jesus Christ. He was all alone, huh? When he died? Looks that way. But where are all the other clowns? There ought to be clowns. Well, maybe next year, baby girl. Maybe next year. So, when the game comes back in, we we have cut all the way to the state of Wyoming. Yes. The seasons are changing. Yeah, we're in fall, baby. Yeah. But before we get to that, I want to talk about this show, like we said we would sure. before this break, uh, before this incredibly long break. Yes. Uh, this this break, which has spanned the changing of seasons for ourselves. Yes, know? that's true. Uh, and I want to talk. We started recording this episode three months ago. Yeah. 
we have to talk about the TV show's version of Pittsburgh. Oh, God, must we? Which is Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> uh, I went to Kansas City on a Friday, and by Saturday, I had learned a thing or two. Because up to then, I didn't have an idea of what the modern world was coming to. Yeah. I don't know what you guys Everything are. Everything is up to date in Kansas City. They've gone about as fur as they can go. Wait, what is fur? What? Yeah. Is fur this, as they can go? Is this yeah. a musical? I just hope. It's Oklahoma! Okay. Mason wanted to give it more of a swath of America. He did not want to create that sensation that we are just leaving Joel and Ellie for a while. He wants to give the idea mm. that we're kind of following them along the whole trip. Yes. And also, mm. he wanted to give some, <laughs> some foreshadowing. Thank you for the yes and. <laughs> He wanted to give some foreshadowing for something perhaps that might happen in season two. Okay, so as we said, in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, as they say in jolly old England. <laughs> wrongly, I might add. <laughs> we have found ourselves in a place where the military dictatorship has failed. Yes. And what has emerged is mostly chaos, despair, destruction and some lynchings yes hmm. oh yes hmm. Hmm. which get a special focus in the two episodes but specifically the second episode Sorry, of the wh two why are there lynchings in kansas city oh well josh i'm so glad you asked yeah, okay. why don't we cut over to our good friend new zealand-based actress melanie linsky <laughs> melanie uh what's going on in kansas city Oh, she's pretty shy. Okay, so... Oh, oh sure. Oh, she's here. <laughs> yes. Sorry, uh, I, I, she was blocked by Will Smith. Oh, hey, Will, yeah. can you move for a second? No, <laughs> yeah, don't, okay. don't hit her. <laughs> Will? She loved G.I. Jane. <laughs> well, now I can't make the G.I. Jane joke, which is good because I didn't have one. Um, <laughs> we have found ourselves in a Kansas City where... Just as in earlier episodes, we had a cold open that was separate from Joel and Ellie. Right. Yeah. Even in our episode with Bill, it's just like most of the episode is Bill. We cut away once more from Joel and Ellie to New Zealand actress Melanie, Melanie Linsky. Linsky. Yeah. And she is now the dictator of the free zone of Kansas City. The People's Republic of she Kansas City. She is not a firefly. She does no. not wish to restore the three branches well, gonna, of government. I was ask, sure what, what exactly is the governmental structure of this state? It's mob Are, rule. Okay, so 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 you cannot actually hold people accountable through a, an orderly legislature. Yeah. No. Um, no, there's, there's no, no, there's no courts. There's, there is there's no camaraderie whatsoever. Oh, there is technically a court system, but she yes, does tell they them have a jail. that it is rigged. Okay, yeah, okay. They, they have a jail where they them. don't just kill people, except they do just kill people. Yeah. And she does quips. She does a lot mm. of quips lot when of she quips. talks to people. And a really, and look, I'm going to be, I, I'm trying to be not too mean. <laughs> this is one of the worst episodes of, the show. of TV I've seen this year. It's so bad. <laughs> There's a point where she just monologues about being a kid in a tiny little box as thunder rains outside. Yes. Remember is, how we talked about with the two brothers in the game, how we don't get a whole lot of their history. Yeah. Right. They right. don't think that just giving history is characterization. We get characterization in the moment. That goes forward. And that yeah. makes them interesting because you can infer everything yes. that happened before. And poor Melanie Linsky, who I think is a tremendous actor. Oh, yeah. In most everything else. But she is saddled with an impossible role here because the character can't matter to the greater arc of the story because yes. she wasn't in the game. Sure. And the, the but, TV series seems and so this is devoted the to the game. thing about Craig Mazin's show is he has made it an anthology series. Yeah. Joel and Ellie 
are characters who are part of an ensemble where the rest of the ensemble cycles each episode. There is yeah. a totally new story being told alongside Joel and Ellie each time. Yeah. Does this work? Can it hold the weight of this? No. Yeah. It's not built that way. That, well, yeah. That's not the point of the last of us no. like the, 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 the no. game itself is not designed to be vignettes it's designed no. to be a journey no and so we get no. this we're supposed to get the like beginning middle and end of the people's republic of kansas city missouri yes and we get nothing of it whatsoever we yeah. just get this woman who is supposedly like a great thinker completely undermines her like military leadership yes is just like mean to everyone like you don't know who she built a coalition with at any point in time right and uh she is nothing but destructive right yeah, we she open the episode with everyone. her just yeah hanging a bunch of people this in sounds a mass insanely execution. bad why did they do this, this? is this because is getting, this is getting into part two territory a okay. little bit but it is yeah. foreshadowing what happens to societies right, right, in right, the right, apocalypse, right, right. Oh. right? Because what happens when oppressed people rise up against the people that are oppressing them is that they themselves probably yeah. the very same oppression, the right? oppressors. This right, is right, what right, happens right, right, when right. you don't have a devolution of powers to the individual <laughs> states and then further into the county and municipality level. Right, right, yeah. right. right. This is the breakdown of the liberal order. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Federalism is the only thing that's right. keeping us going forward these days right, right. and it is and built without it just like without clowns we are fucked exactly. uh, but, but it is you are looking into the heart of neil Druckmann's entire philosophy here and right? craig mason yeah and sure. i guess craig i but, guess yeah, i don't but know chernobyl chernobyl the thing about chernobyl the reason why the show works is because he's making what is essentially a very faithful adaptation of a book Okay. He is taking a nonfiction book about the Chernobyl disaster and going point by point with it in in a in a very I think understanding and intelligent way. But I right. think I think Chernobyl also is on some level agit prop. Like when you when you really watch it with a critical eye, yeah, the story that it is telling about the Soviet Union, the fall of the Soviet Union, is that a structure that does not exist within sort of a liberal sphere of governance. <laughs> Is Certainly. not one that can 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 be sustainable because and especially we, with the the framing that the final episode gives you yes. of the courtroom scene yes. that's like well every right. country would not have this meltdown problem just us because we are Soviets and we are right. cheap because we all know mm -hmm. that no other countries have ever had nuclear reactors melt down no. Yeah, nor nope, any sort of not within the last decade, and certainly and certainly no um, train derailments <laughs> <laughs> or other infrastructure issues. And so, yeah. but like Craig Mazin himself says in their little like post episode, this is why this is why I watched it. Mm -hmm. uh, he's like, well, the thing is, you know, some revolutions they just go too far, right? Right. What about this is talking about a revolution going too far? We yeah. haven't even gotten right. an image of what the military dictatorship even looks like, really. Also, I mean, in, in the QZ in Boston, we do get the idea of like what Fedra looks like when get, it is in complete yeah, control. Yeah, we see a guy in a military place in a QZ, but we don't really get a sense of the structure or of the horror there's of nothing, it. There's no. nothing. All we see is the counterpoint. No, and there's nothing in The Last of Us, the game, about no. revolution at all. No. It is not like... The idea of revolution Everyone is very tired beyond beyond <laughs> the existence of the fireflies who I guess sort of exist in a state like they want to maybe a more anarchic like way of living. Whereas like, no, 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 they want federalism. I know. I know. I'm talking about the game right now. They're big fans of Hamilton. No, that no, that's in the game. That's what's that's in the game. In the game. That part is not yeah. in the show. Oh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> cut, they cut all that from the that's show. Right. Yeah. They're you're big, right. big fans of Lin-Manuel Miranda um, yeah. and his father. Mm -hmm. What is The Last of Us but the Hamilton of video games? That's true. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> when you look at the shape of like the story that it tells, you know, the government that exists, yeah, it's it's insufficiently liberal, but like yeah. there's nothing indicating that there ever was an attempt at some sort of a revolution or that like no. And, and also, it doesn't even seem that the state like it never even makes explicit what the state is anymore. Well, see, like if the United States yeah, is still even a thing that absolutely. Exists. Well, and that's the thing that makes. Pittsburgh work is that it shows that a, a violent reaction to a military dictatorship is the only outcome, right? right? There is no liberalizing that. There is no reforming that. Right. The only thing that can happen is just the more violent and the more brutal and the more clever people are going to win in that situation. That's the only place where you will find that a QZ has been overturned is right. a place where the most brutal motherfuckers alive are the ones who have taken it over. Right, it's, right, right. That it, is material. That is real. It's none of this like, well, the revolution went too far. They had a lot of great ideas, but then Melanie Linsky's character's dad <laughs> got killed by the, the it's, it's order so and the chaos. Funny. It's but so funny to me and, that Jordan Peterson Chinese, was an EP on the this. The Chinese dick-milking machines. <laughs> the thing that's missing, though, is any sort of interrogation of class, which is not a surprise. Yeah. But it, what does it mean? Like, as a class structure in a military dictatorship, what is that? You know, what does it mean to be inside or outside? Right. And yeah. they play with it a little bit. In the DLC. Yes, oh, they do. Yes, they, yes, they do. <laughs> but for the most part, what this is and what it always has been is a Western. Yes, sure. Joel is a cowboy. Right. Yes. Right. 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 This is the searchers. This is true grit. This yep. is a uh, wagon train. And, you know, it's like it's just th that's what this story is. It is about untamed wilderness. Yeah. And it's maybe about heading west. Savage yeah. bestial people who mm. are not quite as human as mm. the rest of us. It's about heading west and finding salvation in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Uh huh. The most insane thing. Or it's not the, the insane thing about the show. It's the insane thing about me, Brian, yeah, that okay. I am fixated on. If you are making this decision and being like, oh, yeah, this is where the breaking point happens. They make it past Pitt Pittsburgh, whatever. But we're still following them across the whole country. Your point of contact here is not Kansas City. It would be St. Louis. Yeah. Because right. that's how the, the Mississippi River is very big. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's known and, for that. There's, yeah, you know what? There's a musical there's a show about it. Yeah, <laughs> Big River. Yes, with John Goodman. In terms of like what you're doing, they did so much to like recreate Boston in that show in Alberta. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That they why wouldn't you do the same thing with St. Louis? Why Kansas City? No one has any associations with Kansas City whatsoever. Kansas City has tunnels. Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, yeah. St. Oh, Louis. And that's the other thing about this this horrific episode. <laughs> they do the little like, you know, the sewage tunnel outside of town. There's a whole thing about how there's zombies in the tunnels. Yeah, They've right. cleared the revolution, not the military. The revolution has cleared out all the zombies, but yeah. they're actually all just swarming underneath like so many red ants. Then we yeah. spend a moment where Joel and Ellie and the gang, they all head down under the ground. Yeah. To. The tunnels, yeah, and there are no zombies. No, oh, good. They even have the moment where you know, because there's a little trap that's there when you open the door. It doesn't hurt you, but it drops like a bucket and makes noise. Right. Yeah, the sound trap. They make a reference to that in the video game where Joel opens the door slightly right. and waits for a trap to happen, and then yeah. opens it fully. This is that moment. So much of this show is that moment in the Silent Hill movie where she walks around looking at maps repeatedly. <laughs> it's like, yes, this is in the game. Uh, I but mean. Don't dramatize this. Honestly, right. 
just listening to this is really pissing me off. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. glad that I haven't been watching this show because it just. Yeah. It, it, those were two very bad episodes, and I, I I think I have a much fonder opinion of the show uh, than than Brian does. But these yeah. two episodes, th- that episode is very very. I mean, bad. I thought I was like, do I just hate everything now? Am I just a huge bitch because I have a podcast? And then I watched Severance, and I was like, oh, I love this show. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. Severance rules. <laughs> it's like, no, this is just bad, and AJ's wrong. Um, <laughs> so we don't get the opportunity in the game going through the famous gateway to the West, Kansas mm, City, Missouri. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. But in, with but, its famous arch and things of that nature. <laughs> oh, but but we hit but we hit Wyoming, and we. We yeah. make our way to um, yeah. Tommy's Dam. Uh, yes. Tommy is... Is it a goddamn? It's a goddamn. <laughs> uh, Tommy is Joel's estranged brother. Uh, J- you know, apparently Tommy didn't want to kill innocent people anymore. And Joel was like, we got to kill more innocent people. Absolutely. Tommy. Yeah. And so Tommy left. He's coming back and being like, you now have to take Ellie yeah. the rest and of the way. This is a great scene because, again, we we're just going straight from the shock of these two horrible deaths of these characters that we've grown to not only tolerate, but like actually like not like Bill where it's just like Bill's just this fucking He's guy. just there. Yeah. You know, and and, yeah. and, and is a, a very well realized character, but it's just like, ugh, yeah. like you don't you don't you don't feel like you need to be no. around him anymore. And then right. this moment really hurts. And then you're just in this beautiful vista going over a hill and you see this dam, yeah. right? This yeah. sort of this wonder of the modern and world. It's Jackson, Wyoming, which is mm-hmm. just honestly one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is that beautiful in real life. Yep. Right, right. And and we and we get this sort of like hope for once, right? Yeah. Like Tommy's there and he's restarting the dam so yeah. they could have electricity. Right. Uh, in Jackson. Yeah. Uh, if you've played Fallout New Vegas, it's the same sort of thing. <laughs> yep. But here's the thing. All hope is illusory. <laughs> yeah. Well, you uh, walk into the dam and you're like, there are certainly are a lot of chest high walls yeah. and crates here. Yeah. Things yeah. I could potentially crouch behind. And, yeah. and we're walking through here very slowly yeah. as yeah. if I should learn the environment. And I think yeah. a brilliant game design choice would have been to never have an encounter in this area. Right. Yeah. Just be yeah. like, yeah, well, that's just the size that crates are in this world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we got to have a shootout. Now, all of a sudden, the mechanics of the game, the design of the game is running up against the storytelling. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because at the when we get to the gate of the dam, the game goes into extreme like it shows a lot of like how they sort of have multiple security. Yeah, parameters they've got snipers. And- they've got scouts. This you have to like get the door opened for you. And then all of a sudden there's like 40 people in here. Right. And are your enemies. And yeah. it's like the, the enemies that come in. It's like, well. I guess if there were enough of them, they could have gotten through, but there aren't that many guys. No, no, they yeah. didn't. They didn't. They didn't have the big car from earlier. <laughs> That's right. For them being the last of us, there are a lot of them. Yes. You don't seem to trust your own storytelling yeah. here. No. Like you, it yeah. seems like you were like, okay, I need to have an encounter. I agree that like from a game design choice, it would have been funny to lampshade it, but also from a storytelling perspective. Yeah. Let's just have this be a place that's safe. Yeah. It, it, feels interesting. Like it, it feels like it should have but there been. There are no safe places. Right. Uh, oh. Right. Oh, you, yeah, we live in a society right. and there which are is, no safe which places. Which is weird because like from this moment on, you actually run into fewer enemies. Yeah. Like it becomes less and less of a problem except for the segments where you play as Ellie specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of the rest of this game you are running into like like much more manageable enemy counts. Well, Stuff that I would have loved to have at the beginning of this game. Well, right. and you now now you've got enough weapons and you have yeah. you've built out your skill tree and you've uh, upgraded your weapons enough 
that you can actually start doing some pretty serious damage. It's 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 very yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Well, right. you've now also you have shivs you can use three times. And you, you can you, you have, have the like, recipes that you can keep building. Yeah, them. you like, get sharper, you know, hand to hand combat. I mean, stuff. that's true. But you have also you've also sort of adapted to the game's rules, I think, a little sure. bit, too. Like it has taught you how to play it and you have gotten better at it. I I, I, that's, I that's true, too. I mean, I'm I am never complaining about combat getting easier. I, I just found yeah. out that there are some horror games that just have a mode where you get rid of enemies entirely and it completely ruins the game for most people. That sounds fine to me. Now I'm going to pick up that game <laughs> right, and just right, right. walk around yeah, without yeah. any nude men trying to eat me. <laughs> the only nude man is going to be me playing that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I always play games fully new. No. Yeah, that's what they do in you Michigan. You borrowed my PlayStation for this. <laughs> Would you put your balls on, on my PlayStation? Why would I? Wait, hold on. How do you play PlayStation? <laughs> I want a warm butt. Oh, okay. I want a warm little You're tuchus. always sitting on top I'm of the console. I'm always sitting on top of the console. Did I tell you what I did with my COVID tests when I got sick? No. Because the, the heat was out in my apartment right. when that happened, and it was incredibly cold, and it was below like the operating temperature of those COVID tests. Oh, no. So I was lying on the couch with a blanket over me. And very feverish, so I just took my box of COVID tests and stuffed them in my crotch for like an hour. <laughs> just to get and a then took heat. them out, yeah, so that they were God. like they were room temperature or better. That <laughs> that is as bleak as anything that happens in this game. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So yeah, we um, Ellie runs away because uh, she thinks that on a horse, on a horse, we have a horse. This she is also like away. one of these great like modern video games things where it's like, oh, now we have another thing. Yeah, we have a whole horse mechanic that you use twice. Oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. What? Oh, what? What? What is that? What? What time is it? Ooh yeah, AJ's horse corner. <laughs> The horses look weird as fuck in this game. Uh, (laughs) They haven't quite figured out how horses move. Yeah. So they their legs kind of stay frozen. They just kind of like their bodies stay frozen and then like their legs just kind of move underneath them. It it looks it looks creepy. It It was definitely kind of jarring, you know, coming to this game from Red Dead Redemption 2, which obviously has excellent horse mechanics. Yeah, and which was a couple years later, but they, like, really made a point to, like, make those horses look the best they could. And feel like horses. You don't feel like you're riding a horse when you're on this fucking horse. No, but I also don't, like, I just, the whole time, I'm like, why am I on a horse right now? Why is there a horse now? At this moment in this game, why is there a horse? This is a fully linear game. In this moment, I am euphoric. Not because of any horse's blessing. (laughs) Ooh, So you so there's a weird combat thing like Ellie somehow gets past an entire troop of people yeah, that you have to fight which is which is dumb and this whole that whole that whole fight bothered me a lot. It was like it's almost like once having watched the TV show which removes so much of this action yeah. having it put back in I did find to be like it made the pacing a lot more annoying because it was just yes. like oh right I want to get to the good stuff that I remember but first I have to do this fight, I guess. <laughs> right. And you get to the other Where's side. Where's Melanie Linsky? Where's <laughs> Melanie Linsky? And so you reach this ranch that Ellie has found herself in. Yes. And Ellie has found a diary uh, where she's just reading about like all the boys, cons- all yeah. boys and like skirts and like things that like girls would have to worry about before the outbreak. I'm sorry about your daughter, Joel. 
but I have lost people too. You have no idea what loss is. Everyone I have cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except for you. So don't tell me that I would be safer with someone else because the truth is I would just be more scared. You're right. You're not my daughter. And I sure as hell ain't your dad. There are moments throughout this game which, in general, I did not find the narrative to be particularly impressive. I was frustrated by a lot of the writing. Mm. But the acting, the voice acting is mm -hmm. so dialed in and so exceptional. I think it really elevates it. Genuinely is something different. And a lot yeah. of these scenes are word for word, shot for shot, exactly the same in the show. And they yeah. do not land in the same way. They no, don't. not in the same way not, as the game. No. Like, whatever we can say about Druckmann as a writer where he's good, but not great. He is a fantastic director. Yeah. And yeah. you can see just in looking at these moments that should be identical, that should have the same weight to them. And in the TV show, just don't have this yeah. weight. Well, you lose the laser focus of the game, too. Yeah. Like, right, you, because we've been spending all of our time with all these other people. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a thing where I watch a lot of the behind the scenes shots of these when they're in their mocap suits and they shot yeah. this scene. And what the remake has done is just put more of their performance into the characters. But right. even in the remaster and on the PS3 version, it is striking how good they are at capturing the acting and the choices of both Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker, who yeah. are just absolutely tremendous in this scene. Yeah. So we find ourselves going to like the local university, which is where Joel is supposed to drop her off. Go big horns. And then we find that everyone's left. There's some zombies around, but again, not a lot. There's monkeys. The game has yeah. has has monkeys. Now, yeah, System Shock which, which which has a nice little fake out too, and you you find twenty eight days later reference. Uh, yeah, well, they also they also like seed this idea that monkeys can become infected. That is never right. capitalized yeah, on. No, it's very strange. It's very weird. I wanted <laughs> I wanted like in, I wanted like I said System Shock two with like the monkeys that can shoot beams at you through yeah. their brains you know well but but um, here's but and, here's the thing yeah. it actually starts to make a lot more sense once we get into the net once we get to salt lake city mm. we're going to talk a little bit more about what Druckmann's thesis about okay. humanity is and yeah. the, the monkey exclusion is going to start to make a shit ton okay. more sense yeah but all we have to know in this colorado scene he goes up, they yeah. and they find out that the fireflies have abandoned this station. Yeah, right. and the, they are all in the Salt doctors Lake. are gone. All the doctors are gone. We do th th this also introduces. I think this is the first place. This is certainly the first place I found it where there are like audio logs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I think that the the remaster has a lot of fun with yeah. because they because the PS3 did not have a speaker in its controller. PS4 does, yeah. and they actually play the the sound through the speaker. That was cool. It's but cool. when it peaks you get a little bit of reverb on the TV itself. The other thing I'll say about when you're going around the the campus, you know, there's a part where you go down into the dorms and the yeah. dorms, you know, there's spores and, you know, the, the, the infection, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, this was Two one bloaters of, down this, there. This was one of the only times that I actually had fun playing this game. Oh, um, wow. was in that one. Because okay. you can actually Stealth sneak is viable. past everything. Stealth yeah. is yeah. completely viable. You can yeah. sneak past a lot. So I was able to get through that 
thing with a combination of uh, shiving zombies and just straight up sneaking past them. Yeah. yeah, it was great. And I was like, I wish the rest of the game was this fun. Mechanic. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's all that's also one you are supposed to sneak past because there's two bloaters down there. Right. And, yeah. you know, you do Engaging not have the resources. Let's, gonna, let's yeah. talk a little bit about like we, we've talked a, a tiny bit about combat mechanics and yeah. sneaking and stuff. But let's talk about oh. what these zombies are. So there yeah. are four stages of infection right and then yeah. this is not counting encounters where there are also live people which basically just behave like live people they shoot at you right. and they hit you and stuff yeah, yeah yeah the zombies you first have runners who yes. are oftentimes not aware of you as you walk past if you're quiet because they're looking down and holding their heads because i don't know they're they're they feel bad. They feel bad because the, the fungus is actually it's grows inside your brainstem yeah. and then comes out your forehead right. and then yeah. splits your face into. Yeah. So on the way that would to be pretty uncomfortable on yeah. the way to becoming clickers, there's a there's an in between phase that you don't run into until Pittsburgh yeah. uh, called stalkers sneakers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tennis shoes. Yes. Uh, tennis shoes. Yes. <laughs> and that. I, I don't know. I, in nothing really distinctive about them other than they spawn from nowhere a couple times. Yeah. Um, then you have clickers, which don't have eyes. They right. are blind. They use echolocation. Yeah, but they don't really. Not really. No. They make clicking sounds. And if you stand directly in front of them while they're clicking at you, they still don't perceive that you are there. Yeah. Which is. That's what the echolocation is for. <laughs> yeah, they just, they just have a lot. They just have like really good hearing. So you have there. to be quiet around them and yep. then you can just stick them with the shiv if yep. you're good at what you're doing. And then they will scream. But also the clickers don't hear, don't hear when another screams. clicker yeah, screams. No. no, very bad. Very bad. I hate it. No, no. But but uh, also when you, when you're choking out a zombie, if like you sneak up on. Yeah. Um, sorry. Infected, They're like one of the runners. Uh, if you choke out an infected zombie, <laughs> They're zombies. Uh, if you choke out an infected, they uh, they will also scream and like hit you a lot. Yeah, but yeah. Least, nobody hears. But that. nobody nobody hears no, it. Very um, frustrating. No, no. I mean, I honestly I, that's one of those things that like I'm willing to break the reality of the game to have fun. It's not oh, yeah. the reality of the game. It's the rules of the moment oh sure because it's like oh i want to be sneaky i right. want to sneak around oh that thing just screamed fuck i've ruined it well right? and it, it's yeah. also hitman has that same trouble where it's mm -hmm. like it says silent attack on the screen but you hit someone and it goes boom you're like well that definitely made noise yeah. but it didn't and it's like well how am i supposed to figure out what actually makes noise and what doesn't well and this is sure. this particularly becomes a problem be when you are trying to stealth through a section because mm -hmm. Then maybe Ellie will just randomly decide to fire her gun, and that yeah. does make them run towards you. It's 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 just yeah yeah yeah. There's a whole arc of the story with her and the gun. One final phase of the zombie I want to talk about yes. is yeah. from one of the two boss fights that happens. Yes, the first one in the gym. There is this thing called a bloater, yeah. and it's a big boy that you have to shoot a whole bunch. It shoots spores at you. Yeah, uh, because also this disease is airborne in the game, but not in the show, because I guess Craig Mazin didn't want to show anyone wearing masks on TV. Yeah, uh, well, which is also so weird because um, Ellie was um, my my partner was like, yeah, not, not Ellie, Ellie in the, in the game. video game. <laughs> I, have Ellie, been, I, I have been going around. I have been going around my apartment saying Ellie uh, all, all <laughs> week. Ellie and they're like, from, and they're like, it's Studio 60 all over again. <laughs> Ellie from the uh, Josie and the Pussycats episode. Yeah. They, and um, but they were like, so, yeah, no, well, of course not. They'd have to wear the masks the entire show. I'm like, oh, no, no, it's only in particular areas where there's spores present. That's what the yeah. mask like, well, is. That's, that's what the dumb. point of the mask is. <laughs> just wear the mask for those sections. Like, yeah. I mean, it really doesn't, well, I don't understand well, the And choice. the show decides to build up a whole lot more lore about the fungus. The game is 
very smart about being like, there's lore in that there are different kinds of enemies, but those different kinds of enemies only exist to give variety in the encounters. Yeah, right? but don't, but don't like ask too many, too, too many but questions. Like Craig Mazin has built up all this stuff about the fungus being in the ground and, and then in the how you get infected and, and, and these things that feel complicated stuff. than it needs to well, be. And what's funny is in the show, there hasn't been a zombie for the whole back half. Sure. Yeah. Like the last time they appeared was was when there were the tunnels under the city where there weren't any zombies when they were down there. But then the the they tank were ran house. into a house. They were all in one house. And then there were a bunch of bloaters that came huh. out. Well, there was one. There was one big one, bloater, one bloater and, and a bunch and, and, and like millions a, of a other zombies. Swarm. That's probably where the zombie budget went. Ellie has had this whole thing where she finally gets a gun. You've given her a gun. Now she's there to protect you. Woke you get up this through morning, the college. Got herself a yeah. gun. You uh, not only have to fire up a generator, you have to plug it in. So they had to design like a whole physics thing for a cord. Yeah. For one part of the game. Yeah, which then they perfected. <laughs> yes, in, with the in ropes. part two. Uh, they have ropes that every single like uh, every game developer game is developer like, how, how the, the fuck, fuck did you do how this? The fuck? <laughs> Honestly, part of The Last of Us, the game, like part of the reason that it exists is that it's a really, really pretty tech demo. Honestly, yeah. because yeah. Naughty Dog, part of the team of Naughty Dog is called the, the ICE team, I think, ICE. It's, okay. it's, they're okay. the group that works on the engine. Okay, and sure. Na Naughty Dog's engine tech is, it's what powers most of the stuff that's on PlayStation in terms of like Interesting. Uh, Sony, oh. Sony SCA, SCEA's okay. um, original releases, right? Their first party titles. Yeah. And so in much the same way that like if you go see a Pixar movie, you're going to notice there's something interesting new technically there in every yeah. movie they release because right. that's something you can do in Render Man now. <laughs> it's very similar oh, yeah. to uh, the way that it works with uh, the, the, the way that Last of Us and also Last of Us Part 2 um, yeah. illuminate yeah. things that you can do with Sony's game creation tools. Yeah. But in the yeah. context of the game, it's just like, why are you doing this, man? Why did you do this to your employees? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, this 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 area is mostly kind of empty. You do some stuff. You ride around the horse. It's like a little too big, honestly, because, well, again, it's not open. You still have to go in one direction. Right. But, right. But and, and there is a lot of things like even in the suburbs and earlier levels where you're wandering yeah. around and it gets a little like I don't I'm not 100 percent sure where to go, even though it is very linear. Like no, you feel like you have to like stuff. wait for the moment where you can click your your right stick and then they'll be like. Oh, there's oh a it's there. over there. Yeah. 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 Um, but because, yeah, there isn't it's not clear what things you can interact with. Yeah. I was just seeing a thing about the Resident Evil 4 remake last night. They've made every breakable barrel and box and window. It's just like spray painted. It has like yellow oh. X's spray painted Great. on it because I guess they couldn't. Even though you play the original, you know exactly what you can break and what you can't. Sure. Right, right. And I feel like the thing about the remaster that we played for The Last of Us yeah. is you could tell where things were and where to go in a way that when I was watching The Last of Us Part 1 uh, all the way through, it's very unclear. It's even, because yeah. everything is so beautiful sure. and rendered right. so beautifully that it can be very difficult but to tell. And that's the same thing. Yeah, they've tossed out too. legibility, yeah. which is when mm -hmm. you make in some cases, cheap fixes like the spray painted yellow X's. Yeah. Or, or in the case of Naughty Dog, you just don't do any fix. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, there is the thing of pretty much whenever you need to put a ladder up on a wall, there's going to be like a big yellow strip on top of that wall to let you know this yeah. is where the ladder goes. Yeah. Once we've cleared out what we're supposed to do in this level, then some raiders show up because these are different than other raiders. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> very, very, very unclear. Like, yeah, yeah. Th this was a weird thing. Also, where, like, why are these guys even here? 
Is that explained? Uh, they're just there's, looting. There's raiding. They're okay. just raiding. We're doing some raids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh, I understand. I under, I get your critique. They're there because you have to kill them. Right. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's time to do an encounter now. What is their incentive yeah. to eliminate Joel? In very practical terms, it doesn't right. make sense. It could yeah, be, it it could They're be interesting yeah. if they weren't intending to do that, and then you are the aggressor. That could be interesting yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if Han shot first, right? Yeah, but that's yeah. not what happens. Instead, it's like, oh, we got to defend ourselves. Whereas I feel yeah, like in the real, NPCs have shown up <laughs> in real life, though, <laughs> yeah. I feel like. But again, this is this is an issue with with you're just, not going to. Ju- yeah, people aren't going to go around and just waste their bullets. No. This, is, this is a very American way of looking at things This is a very contemporary way of looking at things. The moment that like yeah. society, as we understand it, falls apart, then that just means everyone Everybody gets is to blast reduced to being a, a complete brute, which doesn't yeah. make sense no, because that's not, not how you survive. You survive. And it's no. also not what happened the first six months of the pandemic. <laughs> right. People came together. Oh, I killed some people. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were an immersive theater. The clowns were, yeah. were getting, you know, a little bit too sure of themselves. Yeah. No, they were getting too funny. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's actually one of the effects of long COVID they don't talk about. Yeah. Is that if you're a clown, you just keep getting funnier. Yeah. Until you die. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> too funny to live that's except why for the, louis ck's comeback is so good <laughs> oh wow yeah, wow yeah yeah the last symptom of uh, before death is uh the clown starts crying and that's they call oh. it the day the clown, clown cried um and then he sexually harasses a bunch of people for a hundred years yeah because jerry lewis was very old when he died yeah Oh, well, he'll but, never but walk yes, alone. I, I, I do want to uh, talk about that for just a yeah. moment. So like, he'll never come on the podcast? The well, f- that too. <laughs> I said he'll never walk alone. Oh, he famously I... sung You'll Never Walk Alone at the end of his telethons every oh, single year. And he oh. sang very poorly. It, it is it is in general in times of crisis. What we tend to find when it is a general crisis and people are broadly freaking out. Now, yeah. this is different, of course, from when say an authoritarian government carries out a campaign of ethnic cleansing or something like that, in which case there is a group in power that is targeting a group that is disempowered. But when everybody is broadly on the same level, this doesn't happen. We, we do not suddenly revert to Russo's state of nature and start fucking stabbing each other. (laughs) That's just not, that that doesn't seem to be well it is an incredibly conservative mindset yeah. which is why i think the last of us is actually a beautiful piece of conservative art that's at the end of the day that's all it i mean yeah that's all it can ever aspire to be and even for all of its like inclusive stuff and it does do some very good things i think for inclusivity in video games but because of druckman's philosophy those people can't survive right. or they have yeah. to become evil well so then so then is that really good like is that actually yeah, I good don't know. I don't think I don't it know. Is. it's interesting too because i think that druckman isn't that smart Uh, like i I don't think that i agree with you it is a piece of conservative art i don't think it necessarily knows that i don't think druckman is going into that with his own perspective rather he's just going in with this is sort of the general thing that we've been telling ourselves we grew up in the post reagan society the way that things are yeah this is capitalist realism right there's nothing outside of this context that could ever exist and the, so the, like like it's it's funny to be at this point in my life and in my develop my my intellectual development let's say uh where seeing Craig Mays and say well sometimes revolutions just go too far is like really <laughs> offensive to me yeah but right. it's 
it's a very stupid thing to say. It's not like he's really like oh, this deeply anti-revolutionary man, although like he is certainly a, a bit of a plague to his union. Uh, <laughs> well, in the same way that but I don't think just that like, that's just like a dullard's perspective. I, I, I don't it's think Todd that Phillips. Chernobyl yeah. was supposed to be like. I, I do think actually that there was probably some way, shape or form in which the U S government got was connected and, and shaped yeah. it. But like, I, I think more broadly though, like Craig Mason as a guy um, probably didn't set out to decry socialism and communism no. broadly. Right. I think it was more just Cause, like, cause I think he also shows the heroism of it. Right. Right. He shows yeah. the way the, right. the miners right. Sac- right. and the sacrifices that people make. Yeah. Instead yeah. it's just more like, yeah, you know, sometimes there are systems and, you know, people <laughs> yeah. that just it, people are so complicated and we mess up, you know, it's, just, it's a very like it's just human nature. It, right. It's like it's like Todd Phillips doing his little Vanity Fair video where he goes through the first scene of Joker. And yeah. he, the, the thing that he opens with is, you know, I think that uh, the first shot of a movie can really help set the tone. Oh, is that is uh, that true? It's just like yeah, okay. Thanks, thanks. Is it is is, yeah. is, is this real? Is it, can you say that? It's like this. Oh, you blew my mind! Wow. When you watch all these behind the scenes stuff uh, with with Druckmann and with Naughty Dog, all of them constantly reference Robert McKee. Yeah. Like he was their guide. He was their cornerstone. Story was the thing that made The Last of Us happen. Yeah. And. To that effect, it is like a Robert McKee structured story in that there's actually not a lot of depth to yeah. it, but it's effective as and, fuck. And Naughty Dog's engine is a storytelling engine. It's right. very good for simulating yeah. camera angles and and keeping the textures going right when you're jumping back and forth. Right. And it's good for doing the things where you walk very slowly and have your dialogue fed and you can comment on a thing that you come across and continue a conversation or not continue the conversation and time things out a certain way yeah. so that you can get through the whole thread uh, Sam Lake style right. before you get back into the combat. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the combat, mm. the ending of this Colorado University uh, brouhaha <laughs> finds Joel impaled yeah. on a g- piece of glass, like all yeah. the way through. I, not, point, even, not even a piece of glass. It's like a metal spike that he falls right, on. Right, right. Yeah. And to the point where you're like, oh, he's dead. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that man's dead. That is a dead man. You take a gigantic metal spike straight to, I mean, it goes right through his stomach. Like and he's yeah. done. He's yeah, done. At a time when there are, f- as, as a plot important element, no hospital. Right. Yeah, yeah. And very little in the way of antibiotics. And you do this incredibly painful walk towards the door where Joel is not doing okay and Ellie has to like kind of take the reins a little bit to at least get him out of the hospital. Very metal gear. Yeah. Uh, Metal gear. And uh and this is where Josh, you uh would go normally jump straight to winter. Yeah. But there is. Do we want to talk about this moment first? Yeah. Yeah. So this is what the TV show does, too. It decides to just keep this chronological. So Mm. um, in the DLC, Left Behind, which I did not play. Yeah. Yeah. Based on the book. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Everybody gets raptured. Yeah. You run into Nikolai Carpathia. Well, poor Riley does. Yeah. And you are you you are Ellie back when you lived in Boston. So you're a precocious kid. You are at an orphanage. Yeah. Uh, and your friend Riley is like, hey, let's go to the mall. Yeah. And this cross cuts between that and Ellie in the present uh, yeah. taking impaled Joel to a mall. Yeah. Where she finds supplies for him 
in a crashed helicopter in, at the top in of the mall. the mall. So so the whole thing is about getting this helicopter down. And uh, <laughs> and why and so that's where all the action is. That's where that's where the infected yeah. are. That's so this, where this has story sections and combat sections, and they are completely cross cut. One section does not have any combat, even when the zombies show up. It's not you don't get a gun. You don't get any of that. Right. Because you can't change the past. No. Right. It is. It is an inevitable thing that Riley will get bit. You as Ellie will get bit and, uh, and not, Riley will yeah. turn and you will not. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and that so, happens in the past. And, and then so the present. this whole point in the past, you are just walking around the mall and doing mall things with Riley. Fun things with your friend platonic friend your platonic friend <laughs> uh, and then in the mall we get pretty clever design not at the beginning but the encounters start to be a little bit different sometimes you're only fighting like one or two zombies mm. yeah and then after your moment in the helicopter there are raiders that show up that are related to the university of colorado raiders yeah and you can also do related to the uh, yes. winter raiders yes who are also related to the oakland raiders yes, yes. las vegas raiders nope oakland um. <laughs> <laughs> i'm an oakland raiders guy it's uh, gonna be the oakland raiders versus the san diego chargers yeah. once again <laughs> versus, the st. versus the st louis rams yeah. and yes. the brooklyn dodgers three teams on a field at uh. a time good luck <laughs> well and that's actually what happens in the dlc yeah because it, it is three yeah. teams on one on, okay. on at one time because you can engineer situations where you get the zombies to attack oh, the raiders sure. yeah. and then you profit from the the chaos that right. ensues yeah. it's it actually becomes a much more dynamic sort of game and this dlc only came out a year later yeah. like but th there's clearly like much smarter thought processes that go into it until the final encounter which just sucks donkey yeah dick. it's really it's hard so bad that yeah. makes some sense though that like this is dlc so they could focus on the actual mechanics right, of the gameplay smaller, design smaller the engine is and, and, and yeah i mean they've already done all heavy lifting with the engine and the assets mm -hmm. and stuff like that so now you just focus on how do we make a fun and so, yeah, and Riley yeah. is a really fun character. I think she's she's a very good first love. She takes you on this whole journey. You get to imagine an arcade game with her. Yeah, and think, it's think really when we, sweet and lovely. Think when we talk of arcade games that you see them <laughs> printing their proud hooves in the earth. Um, <laughs> something that the show just has them play actual Zapazoids, Mortal Kombat. Things of that yeah, nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like in in the game, you get the carousel up and running, and Ellie's riding for a bit, and then Riley jumps on and it dies. <laughs> Like immediately as she jumps yeah, on. Because there can be no joy in this world. And the one thing no. I will I will give Craig Mazin for the show is that he does at every point try to inject more joy. Yeah, they ride for the like a couple minutes, both of them. Oh, yeah. sure. And there's a similar thing where they go to a photo booth and they yeah. take pictures at this photo booth. And then it's like, uh, enter your Facebook information so we can upload it. Oh, and she's funny. like, what's a Facebook? What the hell is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they enter it and then the inkjet printer doesn't work. So they don't sure. get the pictures in the TV show. Yeah. Because they transplanted the time of the apocalypse to 2003 for some fucking reason, because they wanted to make it about the pandemic in 2020, because now 20 years later is 2023, right? It's yeah, modern day with no masks, but they didn't want to do the masks. That's what's so baffling yeah. to me. Nothing Why about said it, it makes earlier. sense at all. Um, the one thing that that does come from that change in setting is that when they go to the photo booth, it is a photo booth that uses instant film. Mm. Right. So, so instead of get getting the... no picture, they get a heavily faded oh, sure. picture. Yeah. That gets pressed which out is of the very, machine. which is again, yeah. very lovely. And I think it's a very nice diversion. Brian's camera corner. It's a, yeah, it's a very, it's a very nice diversion from the main plot, but it is, it's basically a filler point where you can be like, okay, so yeah. this is how Ellie got good at being a hunter and survivor. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so they, they scrounge around and they play an arcade game that's not working. So they just get it dis- described and we shoot water guns for a little bit of it. Yeah. We go to the Halloween store, put on masks and then we we get to the meat of it, which is that Ellie, who has this very complicated relationship with the Fireflies that the show smartly gets rid of, yeah, um, is in the military. Riley is in the Fireflies. Yeah, Riley is leaving. Yeah, they are not compatible. Like they are built to kill each other. This will not. This will not stand. Oh, yeah. it's the Fox and the Hound. Y- yes. 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 <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> it is. Uh, except in this one, the Fox and the Hound. Smooch. Yes. So this is 2014, and here is a AAA video game with a gay main yeah. character yeah. in the DLC, and not in a not in a sexualized way. No, like just, no. This is just queer love. Yeah. yeah. The gamers didn't like that. This is an inflection point. This is while uh-huh. Gamergate is happening. Gamers really, really didn't like that. Yeah. And they super didn't like it in part two. But uh, no, no. Yeah. The, and and people don't and like it in the TV show. If you go to the two, IMDb ratings of the TV show, mm-hmm. yeah. every episode is like in the nines, except for the two oh, gay yeah, episodes, dude. which are in the sevens. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, because for them, it's about plot. Uh, you see, right, and these right. are these are pointless little side stories that don't mean anything. It's not Joel <laughs> moving forward. As opposed to, to hanging out with Melanie Linsky in say, fucking Kansas like City. The plot, yeah, but that has Joel do task. Always so good. <laughs> Joel so good, he do task. Uh. <laughs> so people are, yeah, they, they get mad because it's gay. And no one, no major release has been this gay aside from Metal Gear Solid. And even then, yeah. you know, Snake and Otacon never kiss. Right. Now, Snake and Miller do fuck under a cardboard box in mm. one of the PSP spinoffs. Is that true? Yes, huh. it is canon. Yeah. Big Boss and Master Miller have sex. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Um, however, it's a PSP spinoff. No one was playing it. No, no one was playing uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And this is this is an industry where like one of the only other like one of the big major gay characters was in Persona 4, also voiced by Troy Baker, <laughs> uh, named Kanji, who uh, was like, hey, I might be gay. And the game was like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> right. Like the only times that you really run into gay characters at this point in time are Japanese games. And oftentimes it's very camp like Bara characters like yes. in Choaniki or uh, God Hand, where yeah. it's just a game about like you have the hand of God. Why don't you kill some gay guys with it? Yeah, no, it's it's really bad. And so to have this representation <laughs> is is something is something. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. we have to hand it to ISIL um, uh, because <laughs> because uh, then Riley uh, gets gets bitten. And, yeah, she dies and dies. Okay. Um, yeah. As 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 will always happen because that's just how things happen in this game. Yeah, yeah. So and now it's and now it's winter, yeah, right? Like, yeah. And so in the main are. game, we have oh. cut from our regular cut to black to a bunny getting shot with an arrow. Now we have a hunting mechanic. Yeah, because why not? <laughs> now Ellie is is hunting a big buck again. She's a big buck hunter. She manages to fell the buck, but that comes with the consequence of meeting a man named David, who is mm-hmm. played by Nolan North. He of Drake fame, of yes. Nathan Drake, oh. Nathan Drake, yeah. the Uncharted games, uh, completely unrecognizable in terms of both character design and voice. Uh, you know, yeah, in, in yeah the I thing, wouldn't have known. The thing about this, too, is like, this is such a weird turn because it just goes on for a bit, but it's not like all that much happens. I yeah, mean, this is where the game goes into anthology mode. Yeah. This whole yeah. section is just like a, a side story. Because we have to have Ellie, cannibals. We, we have to have some cannibals. Yeah. Well, because Ellie's whole thing is, you know, she's got to get out there now. 
uh, as sort of the the hunter, right? And mm-hmm, she's got to yeah. go and get supplies because Joel is still in a room somewhere freezing his ass off. Yeah. So right. she's got to go get provisions. She's got to go find medicine. And so when she yeah. comes across Dave, is that his name? David. David. David? Yes. Full name. Um, he's like, oh, well, we've got a group uh, and we have we all the supplies you need. Women and children. And, yeah. and, and, and you know. It, uh, David and James. I always want to say it's David and Jonathan, but it's yeah. David and James. <laughs> yeah, James, who in the TV show is played by Troy Baker. So, yeah, so they did. Ah, uh, they did the inside joke thing yeah. for both. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so here yeah. we go. Right. Like now we've got to fight off a group of zombies who are trying to descend on the cabin. Yeah. And it's this fucking, is it's... where I quit the game a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, never that, picked it back that up. That horde is really tough. This part sucks. Yeah. Playing as Ellie is fucking terrible it's annoying and they decide to give like this is the hardest combat in the game even if you were joel yeah yeah yes. and you have to do it as ellie who doesn't have any other weapons that you have this is they did this in final fantasy 15 too it's like oh well we've empowered you now we have to disempower you or in bioshock where it's like now you have to do an escort mission right, right. and you are in the big daddy suit now you have this little pocket knife yeah and the knife is also a replacement for planks right. or ma- machetes or anything that you can pick up and so yeah. you lose your ability to bludgeon guys to death you yeah. lose your ability to sneak up behind them and shank you lose them. your reach yep. you can't reach as far because the, the rest of the game doesn't work like this right. the rest of the game is not just sit in a room and wait for the timer to run well out. it's it's yeah. also it's it's kind of trying to do the thing of Max Payne 2, right? Where you were Max, now you're Mona. But right. the thing is, playing as Mona is not really any mechanically different from playing as Max. No. Whereas, sure. you know, it does make sense to have Ellie play differently. She should feel different. Yes. But it shouldn't be this fucking annoying. It should also be like she has advantages that Joel doesn't have. In right. one case, yeah, she doesn't have to pick up planks. But on the other hand, she is immune. So the right. mechanic yeah. of having a zombie bite you which gives you an instant game over no matter right. where your health is at, yeah. should be gone right. from the equation right. when but you she, are playing as Ellie. Right, but she can still die because the, the infected can like rip out her yeah, throat. Yeah, but sure. that's bad design. I agree. A better design is to make the immunity actually matter in the game. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Because I, you're it, right that he could physically overpower her, but yeah, like, yeah. you... New, you, make a new choice. And yes, you get another is, chance when you're bit, And that's actually right? something they do they do cover in the second in in the okay. second game a lot better because you play as Ellie a lot in 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 part two. But what? You, I thought you only played as Joel. That's what the director told me. Yeah, in part yeah. two. <laughs> yeah, in part two. This section is is difficult. It's 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 difficult, difficult, lemon difficult. There's no yeah. really getting around that. Uh, but it does force you to try and bond with David, even though he speaks like this the whole time. <laughs> so you know he's gonna fucking kill and, you. But that's the thing about the character of David and just the way this whole characterization plays out is i was like come on really we're doing this we're doing this weird broad guy who is maybe a pedophile and also a cannibal and also a sadist and maybe also a weirdo raper guy like the tv show there's no maybe yeah i know the show they make it incredibly explicit that he is a pedophile and there is only one i think there's a reference it's like he's one of david's toys now or one of david's girls now that's that's thrown Uh, out there so there is sort of an implication it's it's much more implied that he's a pedophile but yeah the intention was always that he is but it's just like this is this to me is such a ham-fisted like, first of all, no, but yeah. this is humanity. This, Josh. Yeah, I know it is. This is, first of all, a stupid trope. Like, I don't this, this is this is not an interesting choice. I want a new choice. Yeah, but secondly, I just find this to be tedious from yeah. a storytelling perspective, mm. because it's like this does this is this is not doing anything. You are you are suddenly yeah. injecting peril in a way that isn't really germane to the story that we've been telling so far. 
And also, I have no investment in this bad guy. And also, I know he's not going to win because like, yeah, there's a certain I I have this thing where like, okay, so if she's in the winter town, right. And Joel's not there. I need that. I need David to be a character that offers her something that is equally tempting. Yes. Than Joel. Yes. So David's like, hey, what if what if like they have electricity? What if they have an arcade machine? Right. What if all this is like this town is idyllic and perfect, except that they eat people? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh, but like maybe I do want to stay here. But then and that's the thing that it's just it's like, like you, well, you wouldn't have to eat people if you didn't want to. But like, that's but like just, and, we will. Yeah. And even then it's like this is not a game about Ellie's choice. It's actually a right. game about Joel's choice. Very right. specifically, it is about building this relationship. And and you lose something by not having the two of them together. Yeah. yeah. Right. You are you are splitting them apart to maybe show why they need each other or something, but you don't yeah. need to do it in this way mm. and you don't need to. It, it feels like a distraction. Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm becoming a plot guy. You know, it feels <laughs> like you we're getting close enough to the end that we want to draw the straight line. Yes. Why we just like, yes. It is a straight line. But like we are getting to this point where let's just get there already. Well, I, you would, know? I, I would I would also, but I would argue that Ellie does need a moment uh, of where she's brought to her lowest so that we can get the highs of Salt Lake City. Like something bad does need to happen to Ellie or she has to make a choice that is in order to, to throw people off the scent. You mean no, because no, no, Salt no, no, Lake no. City in is order, going to In order bad. to like have a true bonding moment to have to have the scene with the giraffe mean anything. I think you need to have at least one moment where we hmm. where she loses herself where we see her lose herself, which she does in this. We find ourselves in this like resort place that actually yeah. has some fun stealth mechanics to it because you have the bow and arrow and you can sneak around quite a bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And take people out silently. Well, especially because there's a blizzard outside. I'm actually marvel. Yeah. I always marvel at the level design of this because no matter how lost I get, I end up where I need to this, go. This manages to funnel you in a, in a very clever it's way. It's very yeah. clever. Yeah. It's annoyingly long though. It and, is and, very and, long, and so, especially because you are then also cutting back to right. Joel. You have to do it as Ellie, the and then you path. have to do it as, again as Joel. And just more like, horse stuff. Fuck yeah. you. It's also have... the boss battle with David. Yeah, fucking... there is. Yeah, this is a game that doesn't need like proves early on. It doesn't need a boss battle, right? Yeah. Then it has one, and it's like okay. it was 2013. It was the style at the time. Yeah, and and it is. Yeah, it is bold that it gives you two bosses yeah. and nothing more. It doesn't end with a boss battle. No, it sure doesn't. Um, it gives you a boss towards the beginning and a boss towards the end. But it is a very annoying boss. Battle. So yeah. Ellie ends up, yeah, fighting David in this saloon that's burning down. Joel yeah, arrives at the in Texas the nick Roadhouse, of time. Yeah. And you'd have to do this really annoying thing where you just throw a bottle at him and then run up and stab him. Yep. And then you do that like five times. Yep. And Joel pulls Ellie off of him right. physically and takes her outside and holds her and says it's going to be all right. And specifically, he calls her baby girl. Yes. Yeah. And I cry Every single time. And because yeah, I'm is, a sucker for this that This is where shit. it's like, oh, it's his daughter. Yeah. Right, she's his daughter And now. he's finally opening I'm, up. I'm he's your pa. He's finally opening up after all these years of keeping it buried. Of well, literally, and, and beyond opening up, he has meaning. Yeah. Which again, the show, I wish... But it like, you know, it draws that idea of like, you need meaning, right? They give Bill meaning at the end of it. Yeah. Joel has someone that he can attach to again, that he has 
meaning with. And this is a character who has a broken watch that he wears all the time with a bullet hole in it. Time is literally stopped for him. And for the first well, except time, for twice a day, you hear shut up <laughs> and for the first time you hear the the seconds hand tick again. Like you yeah, finally yeah. feel Joel come back, which means that now we go to Salt Lake City. And so there's a thing that and when you get to Salt Lake, I think it's only on survivor mode. Mm-hmm. I don't think either of you uh, got this, but uh-huh. you are actually able to visit uh, the Great Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And it's just on the on the edges of it. There are three skeletons of the Brigham oh. Young money guys. Oh, oh, oh and they're yeah. Holding a sign that says told you so. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> who is this extraordinarily tall skeleton? It's like his name was Greg. <laughs> <laughs> you just uncover a little note where he's like, I fucking hate snow. Uh, no, here, no, here's the thing. I just want the snow to fucking yeah, Here's the thing. There are two skeletons. Greg, nowhere to be seen. <laughs> he survived. It's Greg's another, town it's another skeleton on a bike somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Greg's town. Hey, Greg, hope you're enjoying this extended riff on your life. <laughs> so, yeah, but you, you do come across like an RV. There's like a family that's like outside of Salt Lake City and they die on the road. Yeah. Um, but like this is this is a gorgeous part of the game. Like, yeah, none, of the, none of the rest of the game looks anywhere near this good. They understood the value of allocating resources into really beautifying this area. Also, I mean, foliage, it does foliage well, this yeah. engine. Yeah. And it's the first time you really see it. Well, and it's also this thing of like the, the, the shot opens with Ellie staring at a, at an outline of a deer. Yeah. that's that's on the side of this road. And, you know, she's just killed someone incredibly violently like she's let she kill the deer and she killed the deer mm-hmm. but it's like looking at the deer and instantly reminds her of like as a hunter like she's trying to figure out like is the death that i did justify yeah. mm-hmm. because i was trying to survive in the way that killing the deer was my how, how yeah. i was trying yeah, to survive yeah, yeah. but she's not in a good place right joel is trying to banter with her yeah. right like tell me one of your dumb puns that you always read from your book but she's not having any of it she just seems like really really yeah. spaced out i was really impressed with the non-explicit storytelling of letting her sit in silence. It's something that you really notice because of the fact that the dialogue before this point, you are hearing that banter and that back and forth. And all of a sudden it is missing and you notice the absence. Yeah. You go to like boost Ellie up. It says like you press push triangle, triangle and yeah. he does the thing and it, wherever she is, she spawns like immediately next to you and climbs up, right? Like it's, it's right. always happens. Yeah. And then so and the camera moves in closer and everything and it goes close up and he goes like his eyebrows raise and he's like, uh, Ellie, you know, and she's yeah. sitting over on the bench. She doesn't yeah. want to do it. Yeah. And I honestly even talking about the moment gives me chills. I don't know why it's so effective, but it's just like it's so surprising. In and- the, yeah. In the same way that having if like I said, with the dam, if they had had chest high walls and no combat. Yeah, right? it's, it's like, because it's using the mechanics of the game to tell a story. Yeah, it's the yeah. thing that you can only do in games. And I know it, I sound like it, a broken record here. And it does so here, by yeah. subverting the mechanic yes, itself. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I can't imagine there being that feeling watching this as a TV show, no. even though we're not watching the finale and this yeah. moment is going to be in that. <laughs> Thankfully, the TV show has not had a, a hundred moments of Joel boosting. <laughs> you actually have to press the triangle button while you're watching the show. <laughs> He's taking off his backpack and crafting things and putting it it's back like, on. It's, and like, going it's back. like those old laser disc uh, like games where yes. you have to push the button in order to resume the actual video. Otherwise, Joel just turns into a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if they put that in the show, uh, I'll forgive it everything else um 
But Ellie kind of like, you know, she's like, fine, okay. And she gets boosted up and she's about to drop you the ladder, but she goes, holy shit. And she just kind of throws the ladder and Joel's like, oh shit, what? Ellie, what? And he pulls and he pulls at the ladder and you're like, okay, shit, we're going into an encounter. It's very early. You try and run after her and she's like, look, and you see this like shadow pass by the window, but she doesn't seem scared by it. And this music starts building in the background, this this like actually like fully orchestrated beautiful natural like tones and you make your way into a room and there's this giraffe sticking his head through the window and and joel's like well come on ellie you can pet it and she's like i I don't want to pet that thing it's a fun i mean giraffes are huge right he's like no it's okay come on and they pet this giraffe and this is the scene that everyone talks about when they leave them this is the scene that sticks with you so let me tell you something for a second here yeah I didn't see the giraffe. Really? What? So this game, like I said, it does everything very linear, right? It channels you into where the thing is. There's never a second thing to look at. But the game makes you have to uh, scrounge and loot things and look around and go off the critical path. And so you always have to do that stupid thing in so many games where it's like, is this the critical path or is this thing over here the critical path? Because then I have to go off the non-critical one first to find the the upgrade shit or whatever. Yeah. And so I saw Ellie run that way and I said, oh, I'm not going to follow her just yet because I see this pathway going up these stairs. And so I ran into the room where the giraffe would have been, but I got there before it would have shown up, Uh got all the way to the roof and just ended the scene with the giraffes all the way outside. Oh, no. So this game fucks up that moment for a number of players. Interesting. Wow. Uh, I'm so sorry. Because of the way that it cannot deliver uh, story beats in a way that is compatible with the gameplay at all times. Right, it's the same right, thing right. as being in the truck and looking behind or left or right. You're oh, doing shit. the thing the game has conditioned you to do, and it destroys a moment for you. Huh. I mean, I, I did experience the moment. I knew this was coming yeah. because I, I knew about the fucking giraffe thing because it is the iconic moment from the game. And yeah, yeah it, it's really pretty beautiful. One yeah. thing we haven't talked about much is the sound design of this game, and you mentioned the music. I mean... Yeah. This is one of those moments where it all just kind of comes together Um, (laughs) for some people and not others, (laughs) (laughs) but because it is a it is, again, a technical showcase as much as it is a story moment. And I'm not saying that in in a derogatory way. It's an impressive technical showcase and it really comes together. And there's something cool, too, about the fact that like Ellie probably there's a real possibility she wouldn't even know what a giraffe is and that there's a herd of them. There's a whole herd of giraffes. You have this wonderful conversation where Joel's like, there's still time to go back. Right. Yeah. You don't have to do this. We can just go live. There's probably a dozen other people out there, you know, with with immunity. Right. Which like is you. which is a, a turn for Joel, because that mm-hmm. was not the case before. He was going to see this get the job done. That was it. That's yeah. all this ever was for him. But yeah. also the nature of the job itself has changed, too, because, yes. you know, it, it is no longer something that he's doing for the sake of completing the mission and getting the guns or whatever. That no. doesn't matter anymore at all. Right. Like for a while, it was just I need to complete this for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Now it's. I am doing this not so much for me anymore, but for her. Yeah. Do yeah. it for her. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the Simpsons. Yeah, What's no, interesting absolutely. about the game is how little the consideration of the whole world comes into this. Mm-hmm. Joel yeah. 
never really weighs the option of how he has to like it, right. it comes up at the beginning you have to do this and because Tess is a believer in that yeah that's Tess's whole thing is she's just like this could be an end for this we could finally do yeah. some good after but, years of that but, but it's Joel not has that seen Joel. the heart of darkness yeah Joel has seen the heart of humanity and is vile and black so fuck them. this comes back to the 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 fact that this is an inherently conservative yeah like the, the yes. worldview of this game is conservative which yes. is so interesting because we talk yeah. about reactionary culture and reactionary narrative narratives i would argue and this is where because you know we move in here now to the to the the last bit which is you know we go to the hospital because ellie's argument is that it can't have all been for nothing right yeah you have a little straightaway with some zombies in it um and you have a flamethrower that you have final zombie boss oh it's so annoying it's it's not annoying if you use the flamethrower which you didn't use up until this point you don't know how to use because the game doesn't give you any opportunities i missed it it on this run i forgot (laughs) it was in the university and i missed it that's okay i missed the draft Uh, (laughs) but we do do get to the hospital now where they've been doing all of the research and here, all of a sudden, Joel comes across fucking what's her name from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and the Firefly Lady. Firefly yeah. Lady. Marlene. She made her way across the country yes. with a stomach wound that she got <laughs> back in the QZ. She lost all of her people along the right. way. She is the sole survivor. She's known Ellie since she was a kid, and she's had to make a deeply terrible choice. Yeah. And now what they're doing is they are prepping Ellie for surgery because they're basically going to lobotomize her uh, and yes. and. and kill her because the cordyceps fungus in her head has mutated right so that that, and that's why she's immune yeah so they say that they have to in order to get the fungus they have to just cut her open take her brain out killing her in order to harvest this in some way to make a vaccine which is a not really how vaccines work yes it's bad science you don't really want to be killing your your hosts because then you, you you'd want to maybe cultivate in right. some way right. using so it's brain surgery using that they brain take out yeah right i don't think this is bad storytelling i think this is good storytelling because mm. i think that there are very many doctors who would throw away the morality right of the situation sure, sure, sure. and a lot of times the less ethical solution may seem like the right one if you're not thinking it through right, right. but it's actually scientifically much more of a problem we yeah, saw this yeah, with yeah, like yeah. the aids crisis where they were like well we have to do we have to have a control group that gets a placebo oh sure and it's like no right. this is aids yeah, you don't yeah, yeah, just yeah. give people sugar pills they have aids right, it's right, killing right. them right 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 um and we've found ways to study antiretrovirals without giving people just sugar pills right like we we, people can just live with hiv now yeah um and there is there there are some documents that you come across in the hospital that they don't quite say exactly what's going on and i think that's where this game gets interesting right also in the nature of the the thing that joel tells ellie later it's like they have already been working on bodies yes of infected people, maybe even immune people. It, it does not, it is not entirely clear on whether Ellie is the first immune right. person to come into the hospital. There, there's right. pocket recorders that are sort of littered all over the place. It's, but it's not, it's not explicit either way. Right. And Joel hears what is, what is going to be planned because Marlene decides against counsel, against her orders to right. tell Joel because she believes in this cause so so dearly that she's like all i have to do is tell him what's up he's the only one who will understand he will understand he knows what this all is about yeah uh he he's not sympathetic to her no uh, No. to her idea and he goes and he murders everyone in the hospital yep and he grabs ellie and he runs And and this is a section that i think would have been even more effective 
And I think they probably didn't do it because of uh, another game, specifically Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, doing the mission No No Russian, Russian. where you just do a mass shooting at uh, an airport. Right. I feel like they were avoiding comparison to that specific thing. But this moment feels like it should have just been no combat, especially once you get the uh, the assault rifle, which doesn't. I feel like that should just be a murder machine. And it kind of isn't. It's not. It takes yeah. it's like the clob from Goldeneye. Yeah. It takes so many hits to down some yeah. of it. Like this, there were like full and body I, armor. I think this moment would be stronger if it's just like you're just fucking killing people. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go into the, the hospital room and you kill three innocent people. Yes, you I only three. kill one. You you only have to kill the one. Yeah, you only have, you to, only kill have to kill the, the surgeon. Oh, you're forced to kill the surgeon for reasons that will become very clear. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't really force your hand. It's just like you can't get the pick up Ellie button without right. killing him. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's hard because you can't you can leave the other two to survive. Yeah, um, because they were not originally sure. planning for there to be a part two. Sure. And right. so you pick up Ellie. You take her out. There is a scene with Firefly Lady down in the, Marlene, in the basement. Yeah. There's a whole thing, again, which is just very, very unclear, where it's like she basically was Ellie's mother, like helped raise her. Yeah. And you just kill her. You know, yeah. she thinks falsely in this world of the Cordyceps epidemic that reason and logic will prevail. And Joel understands in the world that you have seen in this game right. that the only thing is that gets you anything is the attribution uh, is the the use of force is the application of violence. Yeah. Yes. And it's that's 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 all there is. And actually, you don't when you say you do it, you yourself as a player, you don't, don't get kill to do her. It. You watch Joel, Joel, Joel do it. You kill yeah. the doctor, but you don't kill her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that happens in a cut scene. Yeah. Yeah. And because then, there's, there's a false ending where it's like, oh, maybe he like listened because Marlene's like, listen, this yeah. doesn't you can yeah. still return her and this right. can still be fine. Yeah, cross cuts. And we, yeah. we cross cut to him driving on the road, and Ellie wakes up in his back seat. Turns out there's a whole lot more like you, Ellie. People that are immune. It's dozens, actually. Ain't time a damn bit of good, neither. They've actually. They've stopped looking for a cure. We, uh, I cut it out of this episode, but we had a little bit of a disagreement as to whether there were other immune people or not, which is why we settled on it's unclear whether there yeah. are other immune people or not. Yeah. Um, but this moment is like not in, in the way that I read it, not a total lie. Oh, interesting. Is that he hmm. sees that there were other immune people and this procedure didn't fucking work. Huh. They didn't come up with an answer yet, so why would why would sacrificing I this mean, look, child that makes be of any use to this 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 project at all? Yeah, I mean that makes Joel a lot more right. Yeah, um, in a way that I don't. Yeah, I didn't read it that way. I, I just I feel like I feel like the whole thing and and what I think the magic well, trick it's of the not game like is he's 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 still murdered a bunch of people and lied to her about right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he also sees that like this is not necessary. Like if Joel didn't do that. The future that comes after that is not the world is saved. Sure, I, and I sure. feel like the game is pretty settled on that. Oh, no matter absolutely. What, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But it would become, I think, better. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Or she I, would just be a dead kid. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the magic trick of the game is that is that it actually does convince you that Joel is, you know, you understand why Joel does it. Yes. Um, I completely even, even the, if even though I don't know, like, I guess the question is, are you supposed to agree with Joel or not? Or does the game not care? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether the game wants you to agree with Joel. 
Uh, I think the game wants you to side with Ellie because that's the last person that we're in. Sure. I mean, I can't. I, yeah, I can't put myself back into 2013 and remember like all of the discourse around right. what we're supposed to be doing here. But it is supposed to be like, here's our big uh, morally ambiguous moment. Right. Here is a yeah. game that has a moral ambiguity. But in that's it, the thing, right? Without is a choice. Stuff that presents yeah. moral ambiguity usually is actually taking a side and only pretending to be morally ambiguous. Like, right. let's be real. And generally yeah. speaking, going back again to like the nature of uh, reactionary narratives, more often than not, th- what, what they tend to do is they present sort of this false uh, moral ambivalence or moral ambiguity for the sake of making you think, well, of course, there's not really much ambiguity here. Of course, we should do this specific thing. Of course, Joel was right. And I personally feel like that's where we end up landing that that's how i felt at least i felt a little bit i mean i feel like it still leaves with a point leaves us with a point where joel sort of damns his soul where it's like sure. yeah because th- we then have an epilogue where you just walk through some woods for a minute yeah and then as ellie, ellie asks him were you telling me the truth earlier? Right. swear to me that what you yeah. said about the fireflies is true and she actually goes through the whole thing where she's just like she names all the people that have died Including Riley setting up yeah. the DLC. Mm-hmm. Setting up Riley was the first person where she got it. And then and then Tess. And she's just like, I've just been waiting for my turn. Yeah. So you have to swear to me that everything you said about the Fireflies is true. Um, and it's not. Everything he has said is not true. Yeah. And no. and there's this beautiful moment of acting that I uh, it's it, it gives me chills just thinking about it. But he Joel has a thing where he's just like those deaths are not on you. Mm-hmm. You were surviving. And the thing you have to do in this world is find something to fight for. And Troy Baker grabs his wrist and his thumb just like absent mindedly like brushes over his broken watch. Hmm. And it's not it, it, it look it's an acting choice that doesn't look conscious. Like it's just he's been in this role as Joel for this long that it's just something that, uh, of course, he's going to think about Sarah unconsciously. Well, and he that's, swears he didn't do that's it. That's where this game falls, right? That's where yeah. this game falls. It's not like Joel finds that the only meaning to have in this world is uh, devoid of any cause. You cannot be part of anything. You cannot participate in anything. You cannot push towards any goal in the future. All you have is the nuclear family. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's it. You has you stand your ground. You castle doctrine. You have your gun. You have your kid. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And so he swears that everything he said was true. And Ellie looks at him and says, OK, and that's the end of the game. Yeah. And the look on her face is. Either I mean, you can interpret it however you want. But for me, it was like it was her seeing the monster for the first time. Hmm. Her seeing like, oh, no, this person I put so much trust in has lied to me. And there's only one way that that could have gone if we're standing here and we're alive. And it's harrowing. It's a harrowing, beautifully ambiguous ending that I wish had just stayed the <laughs> ending. <laughs> I mean, it's a really, it's a really good ending. Like I, I was so impressed. Like the way that it was like that, bam, like credits. It, it just, there is so much power in that cut. Yes. In yep. the decision that they make yes. to just be like, we're done with That's this it. moment. That's it. No more talking. What did we think of the, uh, quote, greatest video game story ever told? Uh, it's not. It's fine. <laughs> it's i mean it's got its moments yeah. i guess but like yes uh it's no bioshock 
Wow. It's it honestly like it's no it's, it's <laughs> wow. No no jokes here. Like where yes. I actually think I find it yeah. is the writing is oftentimes pretty thin. There are a few good moments. There are a few interesting characters who I really found myself grabbing onto. Yeah. And I think that the thing that makes this game interesting, the reason that I think people still talk about it, the reason it was yeah. able to get a TV show, yeah. is that the way that it lingers in certain moments leaves you with impressions and memories that don't go away. Yeah. And I think that oftentimes for people, what you remember with the game, what I remember with the game anyway, a game that I really enjoy is how it left me feeling. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel very much playing this game. Um, and, and that's just different, obviously, from your experience. You yeah. know, you talked about you really were compelled. You cried. I found it impressive. Sure. I didn't feel much. It didn't. It yeah. didn't. Uh, other than a couple of the moments acting wise that I thought were some very strong choices were made. Yeah. Thought it was a pretty fine narrative. Uh, you know, strong direction. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like like talking about Bill's story. I think there's an interesting story behind it with the two characters and, and yeah. the, the yeah. hatred and everything like that. I don't think it's told well at all. You just like end up in a house after getting out of that city. Yeah. And there just happens to be a guy hanging there and it just happens to be Bill's partner. And it's like, OK, cool. Like that's there's only one outcome for everyone. And it's just kill yourself and all the time. That's yeah. the like, thing that I think frustrated me the most is like you you need to point to something, you, anything you want to do. You want to do this like this says a lot about our society thing, right. but they have no idea how society is actually built. Right. At any point. Yeah. Because it's a game where you just shoot people all the time, just like Uncharted. And well, also having now been through a, a pandemic, which was obviously we're still it's over in now. It. It's over. Uh, Broadway's back. Broadway's back. Yeah. Broadway's um, back. You know, off it, Broadway's back off, off Broadway's back. It's not as if it really indicates. I think it doesn't, to me, it doesn't point to truth. And that's the yeah. thing that at least overall, there are yeah. moments of truth in the relationship between Joel and Ellie that I found compelling. Yeah. But overall, as a work, it really, really frustrated me. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though, is that Druckmann does point to something, but I think he kind of does it accidentally. Mankind is broken and terrible and heartless and will kill each other at the drop of a hat. But you know what's beautiful and what's gorgeous and what's enduring and will always bounce back? Nature. Mm -hmm. It's why yeah. the monkeys can't be infected. Yep. It's why the giraffes aren't infected. Sure. It's because nature is an inherent good and it reclaiming the city is purging the world of the virus and fungus that is us. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. the last of us. And you are dear listeners. You can reclaim the beauty <laughs> against the virus and the fungus of the modern world by heading on over to patreon.com slash worst of all and Maybe checking us out at the $5 or even the $10 tier. At yeah. $5, you get fancy movie time. You get our two premium episodes a month. With $10 a month, you'll get our <laughs> monthly Lads Cast, an unedited shoot-the-shit podcast mm. that we do once a month. Mm -hmm. And the more money we make, the more that we can offer you. We are close to getting 500 yeah. patrons, yeah. which yep. means that legs will be coming soon. <laughs> legs are coming just like, soon. Just yeah. like Facebook, you know, just Meta, like Meta got legs, we'll have yeah. legs too. It's going to be yeah. our legs. legs will work. Yes, mm. and we're really hoping right now that all the money that we haven't cashed out from Patreon <laughs> is not currently in the Silicon Valley Bank <laughs> situation. We'll find out. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we'll sure find out. <laughs> uh, but there's one thing I think to walk away from oh. with the last of us. And that is we were told so many times as this game came out 
not just in the hype machine leading up to it, but in the hype machine that followed that this is a unique story. This is the best story. This is a story that has not been told. And it's just every zombie movie. It's yeah. just every zombie movie that came out in the last 20 years. Specifically, it hits all the same beats. It has all the same characters but it also does true grit in the middle of it. Sure. Because right. all of this is really and always has been um, in, in, in these more contemporary stories. It's always been a Western. Yeah. It's always been this story about like America and manifest destiny and white culture. Yes. Purifying and killing and burning and maybe doing some, ooh, ooh, some ambiguous things like John Wayne and the searchers. But at the end of the day, it's all still John Wayne. Yes. Who is cool and great. <laughs> My friend, he is a movie star. And yet there's an airport named after him. fucking just look up the actual John Wayne and see any of his opinions and realize yeah. this is just some out of touch fucking movie star who believes in the movies that he's made as though they are some sort of real reality and not just the product of 200 years of propaganda that we have built for the foundation of this country. Yes. And even this game with its moral ambiguity around the killing of the hospital workers and everything that's going to follow in the second game cannot escape the fact that it is still sucking America's big fat fungus riddled hog. <laughs> I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. I'm the worst of all possible AJ's. And I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. See you next week. <laughs>